thanks for stopping by. The date is October 31st, 2021, which means it's Halloween. Happy Halloween to all the listeners out there. I'm really excited to bring you a little bit of a holiday special today, but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you guys to have a safe evening, check the candy, but uh, most importantly, have some fun. Um, Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, This is the first episode that's actually fallen directly on the holiday itself. So Chase and I decided that we're going to do a holiday special, and we're going to cover a movie, a fan favorite movie, that has a little bit of our genre, fantasy fiction, and a little bit of Halloween in it as well. And I have to give all the credit in the world to Chase over there. We were kind of debating uh, which movies to kind of you know, de- decide what we're going to cover today. And you know, he just had one that just knocked it out of the park, right? So today we will be covering the 2004 film Van Helsing. And I'm really excited to jump into that. You know, it's the bash, the Moo Monster bash, and we are <laughs> really excited to bring this to you today. This is going to be a fun episode. It's another standalone one-off covering the films. It's uh, going to be very similar in terms of the structure where today, obviously, uh, Chase asked, since it was obviously number one, his idea and one of his favorite movies, that he's going to actually be the one to take the summary from the beginning to the end, and then we'll do our fun stuff, still bring in the b- debate, still got the cards here to play, as you see. Uh, well, if you can't see because you're just listening on audio, I got my mason jar full of wine here. So, you know, anything can happen today. It's the Halloween special. Uh, with that being said, I'll turn it over to Chase to say what's up, and then we'll get rolling into this thing. What is up, crew? Loving the crew. Yeah, guys, don't worry. I got my wine bottle next to me on the floor. I guess see you if you're watching on YouTube. Yes, you see the coffee up top. But uh, don't worry, I, I still have my wine bottle, so just in case any tipsy gypsy cards get played, because we know that that that's that's no bueno for Chasse on this end. Jay Nelly's fine, but when Chasse gets hit, it's on another level, man. But yeah, I uh, you know Jay Nelly is is great at the summaries on the show because what's nice is it gets to be efficient, so we have more time to do debates and that sort of thing, but. This one, I asked him, I even requested if he wanted to split it, because I had to do at least some parts of this, because in 2004, this actually was my favorite movie as a kid. It wasn't Harry Potter, and you know I'm a big Harry Potter fan. It wasn't uh, Twilight, believe it or not. (laughs) You know I'm a Twilight guy. Jay Nelly is not the biggest Twilight fan. He's more of a werewolf guy, as you might see in our promo for this. (laughs) But, uh... Uh, I will say, uh, I it, this movie, back as a kid, right, Jane Ellie, it's like the CGI, we were talking about this, it really isn't that bad. I thought I'd go back and watch this film, just like kind of how we did the Harry Potter films last season, and was like, man, I love this a lot more as a kid, but now it's kind of ridiculous, just like, ridiculous. Just like Chamber of Secrets and that sort of stuff. But no, it's pretty good for its time, man. 2004. So think of this now. Three years from now, we always cover like anniversaries on the show. It would have been the 20th anniversary for this. Like that's how old this movie is. And it's not that bad. It kind of, it fit in pretty much perfect because, you know, we're kind of on that MCU kind of run we've been going on. And it's got Hugh Jackman, Wolverine himself. Uh, it plays kind of a little bit of the wolf in this movie. No spoilers alert, even though you've probably already seen it. And then at the same time, uh, a lot of people don't know. So 
This originally was Universal's plan, was to make this the castle instead of the Harry Potter castle, but the movie didn't do so hot in theaters, so they scrapped it and made Harry Potter, and I didn't even know this until last night when I was looking at the cast, uh, actually the voice of Rubius Hagrid is in here too, so it just kind of fit in perfect, but um, yeah, before we dive in, do you want to, uh, anything you want to kind of talk about our new uh social media and that sort of stuff jay nelly so the only thing i was going to add to that is just there's one more character that you'll find out that plays uh in our one of the biggest things i would say our flagstone that we're going to do this year um our flagship is probably a better way to put it but uh, lord of the rings um the assistant the friar carl he's actually played by the same actor who plays Faramir in Lord of the Rings. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing as well, too. Just another addition on there. Just to kind of really hype up why this was the perfect fit for our genre and the holiday itself. So um, in terms of the social media, normally go over that at the end of the, the shows. But just to kind of give you guys a reminder, we did put a new social media site together specifically for the Factor Fantasy stuff that we cover on this show. You won't find anything else on that social media page, the Instagram and the TikTok other than what we cover on the show. So it's very, very targeted and specific to the Factor Fantasy productions that we cover. Um, so that's fact underscore or underscore fantasy for both Instagram and TikTok. And with that, I want to cheers with you, man. We got some wine. It's the holiday special. We'll get our Malice and the Chalice in here, and I'll let you take it away. Malice and the Chalice, brother. Yeah, man. You ready to dive into this bad boy? I'm ready, dude. And like you said, like 2004, uh, the CGI and how they made things look was pretty damn good for the time. Even I think it even stands up a little bit to where things are today. Like I saw... Uh, some stuff in there where I'm like, man, that would look good now. So uh, <laughs> yeah. that being said, man, I'll turn it over to you. This is your movie. Take us through it. And, uh, you know, we'll do the debates and like the fun additions at the end. Let's do it, brother. So one thing I love about the way this movie starts, it kind of starts off as one of those classic, you know, 60s horror films. It starts off black and white and you have that mob that's coming over to what we see is actually Victor Frankenstein's castle. So if you've never seen the original Frankenstein, the doctor is actually Victor Frankenstein. The monster is actually called the monster. So just so that's clear what I'm talking here. But it starts off great. Uh, of course, you have the iconic line starting off, right? You see the doctor and he's like, it's alive. It's alive. And uh, so we have what we presume to be the big villain of this show kind of walks down the balcony and he says why do you think i gave you this castle victor because this is going to play a big part later on and uh it this monster that this doctor is creating he's telling him that he's supposed to be serving a purpose and then he goes into saying as this mob is outside because we know this creation is occurring inside this castle. Uh, Victor tells this antagonist, which we now know is about to find out, um, he says, I would kill myself <laughs> before I let you, aided you in this task by doing this. And then he goes, feel free, I don't actually need you anymore. <laughs> and then he says, this monster is the key. Um, and then, of course, we're going to find out. We'll just go ahead and tell you now, which I'm sure you already know. This antagonist that walks down the stairs is Vlad Dragulius, <laughs> Count Dracula himself. 
doesn't get any more badass already because already we have one of the most heinous classic Halloween villains of all time along with another classic Halloween monster of all time so pretty badass and um, Dracula tells him even though Victor's like I could never use him for that task right he said I could in fact my brides are actually up to it and then Victor I love this part draws the sword as he's backed against the wall with the mob outside and then Dracula just looks at him and this is one of those classic lines you probably remember from watching this as a kid he just goes you cannot kill me Victor and he shoves himself on the sword goes through the sword and just goes I'm already dead and <laughs> just bites the shit out of him on the neck and all you see is the shadow in the back as he's transforming and this is when we know this is Dracula <laughs> aka the Vlad the Impaler <laughs> as you know him from a legend speaking of impaling with that sword and uh, that was just an amazing part and of course from this here we have the monster breaks out of the chair and winds up smacking uh, Dracula uh, into the fireplace right which is a really pretty cool scene so I thought it was pretty cool everything like explodes he like knocks him in there by throwing a piece of machinery equipment and then Frankenstein grabs the body of Dr. Frankenstein and goes and attempts to run away and starts heading up this burning mill as the mob like surrounds this mill so and of course at this point uh like dracula comes out of the fireplace and this is a pretty cool cgi moment like you have like his face half burned off kind of thing it reminded me of what we used to see in the brendan Fraser mummy films <laughs> back in the day like his face is half burned off he just comes back flicks his hair and like the skin regenerates and they go all out to this mill where the mob is and at this point um you have like he, you have this kind of weird dialogue where the monster is holding his dad's body and just goes why and you well, kind of yeah one, one thing i want to point out too and i think this is and also adds to the halloween factor someone you hadn't mentioned yet is the assistant igor he like snitched mm. on them because like they, they were yeah. getting away. The mob was trying to go at the castle. Then Igor, like, turns around and, and like, yells their location. Like, just snitched on <laughs> Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. And then the mob turns around and, like, follows him to the windmill to the point that you're at. But Igor, again, is Dr. Frankenstein's assistant in, like, classic Halloween features. But he's kind of switched sides to Dracula's assistant now. And I thought that was kind of cool. I just wanted to slide in there. But go ahead and, go ahead and finish no, it. No, that, that was excellent. I remember that, too. He says he pays me more <laughs> that was great um but when he says why and he's looking at the crowd this is when you start to realize it's not really like the classic frankenstein everyone like even though people fear him it, it's almost like he has a sense of emotion to do what's right which kind of goes into what's later so bottom line what happens is so this mill falls and collapses as he's holding his father to the ground and dracula and his brides showed up and they're all like crying and screaming because they wanted to try to get this monster but it's because it's this key for later on 
And then uh, what's cool about this moment too, kind of cuts and the soundtrack starts to kick in. And it, you kind of have, dude, this soundtrack would have killed it in a franchise though. I gotta say, it's kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean-esque. <laughs> I love the soundtrack for this film, man. And first thing you see is a wanted poster on the wall. And huge fucking Jackman, baby. The beast himself rips that shit off the wall. And you're not quite sure who it is yet. Because he has, like, this, like, mask on. And it looks just like him. Because, you know, he's wanted in all these countries. And we're wondering what this motherfucker's up to. Well, just when we thought we've seen enough classic characters, he follows this bounty he's trying to get from what we call the Order all the way to this church and Van Helsing is this is Hugh Jackman's character is standing at the church and <laughs> just goes I missed you in London and he goes oh no you got me good <laughs> and he holds up his bicep and there's a hole through it and he tells him it's Mr. Hyde now so now you know this guy is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde like another classic monster from Halloween, you know, the scientist that turns into this evil being. Um, and he tells him that Van Helsing will be hard to digest. So you even have this more sense of they've amped it up a notch where this dude is eating creatures, right? And this is the guy I was talking about, which fits perfect into our genre, because I looked this up. The voice of Mr. Hyde is Rubius fucking Hagrid, baby. Rubius Hagrid. If only he had his pink umbrella, he might have stood a chance. But we see where this is going. So, uh, Mr. Hyde, right? So, Van Helsing looks at him and goes, You're wanted for the murder of 12 men, 6 women, 4 ch And then he finishes his sentence, and Mr. Hyde goes, Three goats in a rather nasty massacre of poultry. <laughs> yeah! And he runs at him because he was like, I would like to bring you in so I can extricate your other half. Uh, because, you know, Van Helsing's trying to do the right thing. And right now, a lot of people don't like Van Helsing, which comes up later on, for the way he finishes these jobs. And immediately, Mr. Hyde just runs at him to attack him. Well... He cuts, he pulls out these, like, how would you describe them? I called them, like, hand saws. <laughs> how would you describe these, Jay Nelly? Honestly, the same sort of thing. I'd, I'd put, like, hand razors, but, like, yeah, they're, like, saws that were spinning <laughs> in, like, circular. Think of, like, seriously, like, a, a circular saw spinning at, like, high speed with, like, razor-sharp, you know, <laughs> saw teeth on it. It's crazy. <laughs> it was badass, man. I still remember, like, the video game that came out. The video game was terrible, but this part was cool. It was like the Jedi, the Jedi lightsaber for Van Helsing, man. But he cuts him across his stomach, and then Mr. Hyde runs into this bell, and he picks up the bell, and Van Helsing, I don't know how, magically appears on the inside of the top of this bell, but reaches down and cuts off his arm. And the arm, like, transforms to the floor, so you see how, you know, he's been turning from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. But then Hyde picks up Van Helsing, and then he goes, I think you'll find this view rather spectacular, knocks him out and takes him up to the top tower of the church. Well, what happens is, is so he throws Van Helsing off the church tower 
And this is where Van Helsing turns into like a Batman type guy. Shout out to Robert Pattinson. I'm stoked for your movie, good sir. But he pulls out like what I call the Batman grapple gun and shoots it through this motherfucker's stomach, man. This part is badass. And like, not to mention super smart. But, so like he lands on the ground, but then Mr. Hyde starts to like try to pull back and he goes, my turn. (laughs) He pulls back and yanks him. But the dumbass at the same time falls off the other side of the church tower like what a fucking idiot falls off the church tower and of course his his big ass no offense like pulls Hugh Jackman Van Helsing all the way up to the top of the tower he lands but as he's falling down busts through the church glass in the uh, whatever you call like the stained glass window goes through the window breaks off the grapple During the middle of it, it is transforming back into the human, lands on the ground, is on the ground dead. The mom comes, they just look at Van Helsing, looks up, and goes, Van Helsing, you murderer! (laughs) And it cuts again. Talk about a badass opening scene. What do you think about that opening scene, man? It was really cool, brother. Like, it was awesome. Uh, I even I even put like tiny little notes here. I said badass fight scene. We had guns, razors, smashing into bells, arm amputations, Batman grappling hooks, like falling off buildings, smashing rose windows, like transforming from the monster back to like the good guy, like like the regular human Doctor Jekyll. So yeah, I mean that that was pretty cool, man. <laughs> awesome stuff, brother. So at this point, we have Van Helsing. He goes back to what we would call the Order, which is really like the church. Is it like the Vatican, really, is where he's at? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the Vatican's where he's at, but like the actual Order is called like the Knights of the Holy Order. That's like their secret, the society's name, the Knights of the Holy Order. That's kind of where we, you know, you'll take it and we'll learn a little bit more about them here. No, good stuff, man. Uh, so he goes there and you know he's being criticized almost like you're in a confessional like he's being criticized for the bad stuff he's done and one thing that is very important that's mentioned here uh, that is very easy to miss but the Pope uh, or not it's not the Pope but the priest uh, the, <laughs> that would be cool if he was talking to the Pope but the priest is uh, telling him you know he mentions that Van Helsing can't remember his past which brings a big part later on Uh, So they go down there, long story short, as he starts telling him that he's to go to the east side of Romania, which is where Transylvania is, uh, because the Valerios, how do you pronounce their family, the Valerians? The Valerios. Valerios, okay, I almost want to say Valerian steel. (laughs) Valerios, awesome, man, great. Another little Game of Thrones trying to sneak itself in here. I'm just kidding, no, good stuff. So the Valerios family has been trying to kill Dracula for centuries, and now the last of the remaining ones, Anna and Anna and Anna, Anna, however you want to pronounce it, and Valken are the last ones there. But he does does mention that uh, their ancestor left this piece of parchment where he was studying how to defeat Dracula for centuries, and in on the parchment parchment it says. In the name of God, open this door. And the insignia actually matches Van Helsing's ring. Uh, so from this point, he's getting geared all up for this next mission. 
And then we go to meet Carl, <laughs> the real- Friar Boy. <laughs> yeah, that's your boy. You want to tell him about the Friar Boy real quick? I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll get into that. But one thing I just want to say, because like we actually had a cool backstory that we got to before the scroll was kind of unveiled okay. to him. We kind of yeah. hear about the whole story about the Transylvanian knight. His name was Valerios the Elder, and he actually made a promise to God that his family would never rest or enter heaven until they vanquished Dracula from their line. And they still have not succeeded, and they're kind of running out of family. So mm-hmm. the descendant Boris Valerius, the Knight of the Gypsies, disappeared almost a year ago, which is Velkin and Anna's father. And so now, like you were saying, only the ones that are left are Prince Velkin and Princess Anna. And, you know, if they, if they don't kill Dracula before they die, like, their whole, nine generations of their family will never he- enter heaven, and they'll be stuck in purgatory. So just wanted yeah. to add that, like, little part in there. But yes, we got our boy, our boy Carl the Friar. Um, I'm only going to want to say this one part because I think it's really, really cool. Outside of the fact that he's the same actor that plays Faramir in Lord of the Rings, all the weapons that he gives Van Helsing, because all of them kind of come into play later on. So I wrote down the weapons, and I'll turn it back over to Chase. It's just the weapons he gives Van Helsing include rings of garlic, holy water, silver stake, glycerin 48, a gas-propelled crossbow, which is capable of catapulting arrows in rapid succession at tremendous velocity. And this big ball, which is compressed magma from Mount Vesuvius with pure alkaline from the Gobi Desert. And what it does, it creates a light source equivalent to the intensity of the sun. And those are the things I just wanted to mention, and I'll turn it right back over to Chase. That was perfect. That was awesome. Um, I do like this one part where he first sees him, and then he does say... Uh, you brought him back, didn't you? Referring to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He goes, yes. He goes, you know, when you bring someone back, they usually don't mean the corpse. That's why they get so mad at you. <laughs> but uh, that was great. And I love how they were mentioning, you know, who's going through the weapons. And then he says, uh, vampires, warlocks, they're all the same. A warlock's my granny can kill a warlock. <laughs> Not vampires. It was great. Um, so, and then uh, I like what you mentioned there, that weapon, because one thing I want to say is he has this famous line where he was referring to, uh, I know what it does, I just don't know what it's for, which is exactly what you were saying. So uh, from there, kind of we speed off for a little bit, and uh, we're in this next scene where we finally see Valken, right? And he's on this wooden pole being used as live bait for what we don't know yet. And then he just says, Dracula released you for a reason. And then all of a sudden you see this werewolf, pretty badass CGI for 2004, by the way. Like this was say, it looked like the van, the werewolf in a werewolf in London, like the old like classic werewolf. It was sick. And it runs straight through Valken tries to run up the wooden pole and Valken uh, they have this trap set and the lever is like not working and the lever gets stuck and it causes Anna the princess the sister who is played by Kate Beckinsale awesome awesome by the way I love the underworld movies and you know I'm a vampire here so just throwing that out there you got the werewolf Stark on that side the Targaryen vampire on the other but uh so he runs up and Anna is yelling um yelling you know grab Valken's gun it's got the silver bullets so you have another classic reference here and uh Valken's just yelling cut the rope cut the rope now and the servant 
this like servant or something that works for Valken cuts the rope and the werewolf is sucked into the ground trap but it releases a cage and he gets stuck in the cage and the cage like collides with Valken and he's like trying to shoot at it as it's colliding with him so it's like a catch 22 like it caught both of them at the same time so Valken is trying to like get off into like a tree like get out of it so Anna like has this very like 300 type moment where she slowly pulls out this sword like if 300 and pirates of the caribbean combine and it was this is madness this is sparta that's exactly what this shit would be i don't know what her like intention was because she just runs over there gets basically hit by the cage flipped upside down like it didn't do any good but it was a cool moment so i put that in there but um at this point right so the cage falls and breaks and the werewolf is coming out so right as she was actually about to do some shit this fucking badass werewolf is about to eat this girl alive so of course she's gonna have to run for her life at this point well uh so following anna it like chases her all the way off over to this cliff and it dives i'm talking like we see this a lot like this 300 kind of werewolf dive in this film which is badass i must admit like you see all the hair on its face stand up and it just snarls and dives right at anna but luckily last minute valken's there shoots the gun but catch 22 again gets shoved off the cliff with the werewolf falls to the very end of the cliff and anna is just I felt like she didn't have enough... Like, she had a lot of care for her brother, which you see for later on. But just looking on the cliff, like, maybe she was in shock. She just goes, God help us. And it cuts again. <laughs> so, I mean, anything you want to say about that scene, man? Did you think it was pretty cool or what? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And I think you did an amazing job describing it as well. It's exactly what I had, you know? that that was. Uh, I will say that the one thing that, to mention about it that wasn't mentioned is that they needed Velkin's gun specifically because they had silver mm -hmm. bullets in it, and silver bullets are what kills uh, werewolves. And so when he she was backed up against that cliff, and he jumped, you know, Velkin jumped and knocked her out of the way, and that thing came down on him, he shot twice with the gun because it had silver bullets. So we kind of make the um, inference that the werewolf was killed, but for what we see there, it almost seems like Velkin's gone too, and I don't want to ruin anything, but um, you know, at that point in time, it, you look like it's just down to the last line of her bloodline, uh, Anna herself, and that's going to be an issue here coming up, because there are some things coming into town pretty quickly, but uh, I'll turn it back over to you, man. Love it, man. Love it. So at this point, we have Van Helsing and... I call him the Friar. <laughs> Carl. They finally have made their way. Of course, you had this little scene where they're on a ship and through mountains and stuff. Shows their long lost journey across far lands, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they get to Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's interesting is like one of the first people they see in Transylvania, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if he was like a long lost descendant of like the mob guy from before. I called him Top Hat. <laughs> I don't because he wore a top hat. He was the same as before. Did you notice that? Yeah, that 100 percent. And this is the one thing I want people to realize. And one of the things I highlighted that I was going to go back through if it wasn't covered um, during the summary here is that it was only a year later. Yeah, it started out black and white, but the year was 1887 when the angry mob stormed Castle Frankenstein. 
But if you guys saw it on the when it cut over to where Van Helsing was taken on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, it says a year later in Paris. So it's only a year okay. later. So he, it's the same guy. That's the the, the 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 top hat is the same dude that stormed the castle Frankenstein as who greets them here uh, at this point right now. So there's only been a year. I think they did that for like theatrical effect, is to put it in black and white to get you give you the feeling that it's like a very old school movie with all these old school monsters. But the the time difference is only one year. So it's the same guy. Oh, awesome. Okay, see, I love that. I was wondering about that, too, because I thought it was, like, hundreds of years later, and I'm like, how is this dude still alive? So good for Jay Nelly, man. Picking up on stuff I didn't notice. That 100%. That makes sense now. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, but, so, one thing I did want to mention here, because it plays a big part later, is he's talking to Carl, and Carl, like, asks him what he remembers, and he says, I remember fighting the Romans in Masada. And Carl said, that was 73 AD. And Van Helsing goes, you asked. And that's very interesting because it plays a part for later on. But so they're entering Transylvania and they're greeted by Top Hat, I mentioned, right? And he kind of looks like the Grim Reaper-ish guy. And uh, so all of a sudden they're sitting on the stairs and Anna is there and she just says, turn around. And Anna attempts to disarm them. And Van Helsing tells Anna that... She, he's here to help her during this time Anna goes I don't need any help and Van Helsing goes really and just starts shooting this automatic badass crossbow it's like a crossbow if it's a machine gun which is cool because we saw a machine gun earlier in this movie that they were developing so this is a badass invention and you see the Dracula brides that we were talking about from before in the film just come out of nowhere absolutely badass and then this part is important because uh, Van Helsing tells her to stay here. And she goes, no, you stay here. They're here to kill me. So reiterating again, they're trying to get rid of the Valerius family line or however you say it. The Valerians, Valerius. Josh always says it perfectly. I'm not the best with names. But kill her off. <laughs> That's what they're trying to do. <laughs> anyway, so the three brides, I do want to say because... The three brides are badass. I, I thought they were fucking awesome because <laughs> I'm a vampire here. Uh, but the three brides, just so no one gets confused. So they're Mariska, Illyria, Illyria, or however you say it, and Verona. So I had to actually look that up because Verona is not mentioned a lot in the captions, but she's the one with the dark hair. But Verona tells Mariska, <laughs> Mariska, kill the stranger and she goes classic vampire-esque love to <laughs> that was great I just, go for it jay nelly i just want to like do a quick thing it's not vishka it's marishka is the vampire marishka, marishka okay sorry. good call <laughs> I always, i'm the worst with names man did i get Elyria? elliot yeah. it, it almost sounds like elietta but i looked at the spelling and it's a-l-e-e-r-a yep you got it right Elyria. yep Okay, gotcha. I almost was like Elietta, but that was way off. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. So, um, they're attacking these villagers, and you see cows go flying. People are being eaten. And uh, Anna and Van Helsing are approaching this well during the fight at one point because the sun comes out, and everything just goes quiet. And then they're approaching this well, and all of a sudden... Illyria just comes out from the well and you're just like oh shit that oh shit moment almost like that jump scare in a horror film that classic films and everything goes dark again so Anna gets grabbed by Mariska 
at the same time and she's dragging her in the air but she pulls out a knife from her boot and cuts her foot and she drops her and verona grabs her and then as she was grabbing her she goes do you like to fly anna <laughs> so great but verona grabs her and then and uh van helsing actually shoots an arrow uh, through Verona's wing is what happens, causing her to drop Anna through this house. And uh, as Anna like get tries to like get down, uh, she's uh, Van Helsing, like she's being attacked by Marishka again. And Van Helsing just keeps lighting these motherfuckers up. Like it, oh, it is like it is like if Spartans played modern day navy seals like it's just no comparison at this point and uh so marishka is shot into the top of the roof of like the house at this point where anna was near anna walks in the house and Illyria is waiting there upside down and just goes hello anna <laughs> not exaggerating at all like in that classic vampire bat like transformation and she jumps from upside down into human form she's wearing this like pink like looks almost like princess jasmine but in this like a uh, pink robe kind of thing and just looks at anna and anna goes nice to see you too Elira. <laughs> and yeah and van helsing just walks to the house where he shot marishka and then uh but then he winds up getting he he pulls out more arrows uh anyways so long story short is van helsing is like about to start getting his ass kicked but anna goes did i do something to you in your past life and Illyria says don't play coy with me princess i know what lurks in your lusting heart <laughs> i didn't exactly know what that meant but i thought it was a pretty cool line <laughs> i was like okay cool love the language here but anna goes and this is a big foreshadowing moment and you know we love foreshadowing moments on this show just with so much content a lot of times we don't get to say it she goes i hope you have a heart Ilyara." Because one day, I'm going to drive a stake through it. And she smacks her through the wall all the way outside. Uh, so, and at this point, uh, so Marishka is hissing at Van Helsing. So they're kind of going back and forth outside and it cuts. Carl, like looks at van helsing and goes like holy water <laughs> like tosses it in the air but that shit's knocked away by verona and verona goes quit toying with him mariska and finish him <laughs> like that shit was gonna work carl good job finmere <laughs> you're just gonna throw that shit in the air and think it's gonna work against lightning speed vampires um but mariska is like standing against the wall Right. And uh, looks at Van Helsing. Her eyes widen and her fangs come out because they both look at the church. And Carl mentions uh, holy water like at the church and in the well is the holy water. So, you know, they're about to make this race go down and you're like, oh, shit, like who's going to get there first? Right. And it cuts back 
to Illyria. And this is my favorite part of the whole movie. I always like these weird parts, but I think it's the classic like monster in me where the transformations and CGI, I thought it was so badass. And it was so creepy. It reminded me of like screams and cocktails, like the bar in Orlando. So Illyria's inside the house. Uh, and Anna, like when she's in there, and she turns to Anna and she's drinking a wine glass full of blood. <laughs> and it was like this like dead guy that she was like draining it. I don't know if she was like pouring it in the wine glass. Like she had a tube or like a catheter hooked up from him or something. It's very strange, <laughs> but it was badass. And she goes, 30 years and perfectly aged. And then Verona like enters through the door. And they're starting to trap uh, Anna there. And she just goes, hello, Anna, my dear. And Verona and and, uh, Lyria are backing Anna into the corner and just goes, the last of the Valerius. (laughs) And are just staring at her. And uh, then we cut back to this big race with Van Helsing. So Van Helsing and Mariska race to the holy water. But... Van Helsing is getting his ass kicked at this point. So she knocks him down three times. Like, sorry, Hugh. We really could have used your animantium at this point (laughs) to keep your ass up. That would have been badass with your blades. Like, Anna used the knife. You needed something. (laughs) Because this just wasn't working out at this moment. Cuts back to Anna. So Anna attempts to attack Illyria. And Verona stops her hand and holds it. And grabs it. And they're forcing Anna down. And Illyria and Verona are like holding her down and pull out their fangs. You just see them come out and they start to transform. And Verona goes, I can feel the flesh blood rushing through her veins. And Illyria says, I want first bite. And then they start hissing at each other like fucking snakes, man. It was badass. Like you could see like the true monster in each of them. Almost like like so vicious and just what wants who first. And uh then we cut back to Van Helsing. He picks up the crossbow off the ground, runs through the holy water, dips it in as Mariska is attacking him. She realizes he's dipped it in and is trying to retreat. Fuck that, man. Fatality. Finish her. Light it up, baby. Light it up. All the holes just go right through. What was she like? She collides into this church steeple thing. Was it like a church steeple? What was that? Explain, Janelle. You can take I think this it was like here. the clock tower on the church, like like the very top of it. Like there was like you know where they have kind of have like the clock tower on the biggest building in the village. Like she like was like pinned against the the church's very top of the the, the wooden post of the clock tower at the very top of the roof. Like it was pretty badass. <laughs> It was badass. And uh, once again, like, the CGI never fails, man. Like, uh, so at this moment, too, it cuts back into where, like, Illyria are and and Verona. And they're screaming and hissing because they realize, like, one of their brides is done. And uh, it's been a really long time for that, which we'll mention in just a minute. But, uh, you know, they, like, do this spin thing. It reminded me of, like... uh, almost like sailor moon or some shit they like spin around and like it forms this like tornado and they fly off and they like transform and uh 
they're screaming, oh, Mariska. And you see Mariska is like, it's like almost venom, like overtaking her body. Like she like turns into ash and she like screams and turns into just bone. And uh, yeah, and, and you just have, you know, Van Helsing does like the cross on himself because he can't believe what he saw. And just like the skeleton is like melted against the wall, man. It was it was pretty uh it was pretty badass I gotta say, um and then you, top hat <laughs> I call him top hat walks up <laughs> he's just we're gonna call him top hat for today Grim Reaper man or we can change his name to Grim Reaper he just walks up and goes what is my name good sir what do I carve on your gravestone and uh, <laughs> Anna appears behind and goes. His name is Van Helsing. He is the first person to kill a vampire in over a hundred years. I'd say that's earned him a drink. And she says, your reputation precedes you. So you can tell Van Helsing is known throughout the area. Just like we were talking about before. He's not exactly the most famously, positively known in these areas. Um, and at Top Hat says you know vampires only kill once or twice a month just to kill what they survive on but now they will kill for revenge so we know shit's about to go down man and now at this point we cut over to the big bad right so dracula he's like in this ice coffin sleeping another badass cgi moment he like pops up and goes oh no Mariska or some shit like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. But what was cool, he was like walking up the wall and you had uh, Elyria and Verona are <clears throat> hanging upside down on the ceiling, which was cool. And he just walks normal up the wall upside down and he goes, don't worry, I shall find another bride. <laughs> and they're like, do we mean nothing to you? He says, no, you mean nothing. <laughs> I am hollow. <laughs> it's badass, man. Dude's a badass. Like, say whatever you want. Dude's the shit. Anyone that can go up to his married wives and just goes, no, fuck you. I've got to find another one, and you're going to help me do it. That's <laughs> great. Fantastic. Um, so at this point, we kind of go back to Van Helsing again. And so there, in the castle... Oh, sorry. I, I, just, I just want to put this one quote in that I wrote down that he said, because mm -hmm. I thought it was badass. It was, it was talking <laughs> about like Dracula himself. He says he's at war with the world and every living soul in it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I thought awesome. that was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and take it. I just wanted to add that one little quote in because it was one of my favorite ones throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. That's awesome. Um, so we kind of go back to Van Helsing, and he's in the castle with Anna discussing Dracula. And Van Helsing, of course, tells Anna, you know, they'll take out Dracula tomorrow. Like, she owes him <laughs> that drink. Like, you can tell Van Helsing, you know, trying to play his kind of kind of cards here. Sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. I'm sorry to interrupt you here. I just wanted to do this because, like, I, there was a couple things I had written down here that I thought were pretty important before we get mm -hmm. to where Van Helsing and Anna were. Just, we see the shadow of some large monster behind the curtain being tased by yeah. Igor. And we, we, mm -hmm. we learn something. We hear the words, like, 
of past experiments that have failed. So all you see is like this yeah. big thing behind the curtain. It looks like a monstrous stuff. It's all in shadow. I thought that was pretty important to to uh, you know notate. And as well, like when they get done with their interaction, Dracula and his wives they they like melt back into the wall and become like part of the stone. And it's very interesting how they yeah. like did that. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And you know one of the most important things that we learn is that. That, you know, going back to where Van Helsing and Anna are, and I'll turn it back over to Chase. It's just this last thing I want to say is that none of the village knows where Dracula's lair is, but there's this like map on the wall, and that just it's a big foreshadow. I mean, I don't know if he was about to get there, and I'm sorry if I just cut that part out for you, but I no, just wanted to say that in there and send it right back over to you. No, that was perfect, and that's actually a big moment. Sorry, I left that out. Uh, that was great. Um, that plays into a big part later on, but so. In the castle, you know, where we were at with uh, Van Helsing and Anna kind of discussing, you know, whether to take Dracula out now. And Van Helsing, you know, is saying, like, you owe me that drink, you know. Okay. Like, trying to <laughs> trying to talk to Anna at the bar. That's <laughs> exactly what was going down. But she, like, still insists she's going tonight. So he sprays her with, like, this knockout spray. <laughs> what would you call that thing? Honestly, I just put like it was—it was almost like chloroform, but like in like spray form. Like he—that's exactly <laughs> what he sprays her with something to make her pass out, so that way she doesn't go hunting after like the vampires. So yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what it was. <laughs> this is badass. Um, and uh, so Anna like wakes up as in and sees something has come through the window, and she wakes up in her bedroom and knows Van Helsing put her there, uh, but she sees. Long story short, she walks down the hallway and goes to this room and sees that it's Valken there. And he's been bitten by a werewolf. And he begins to, like, this was pretty cool. Like, he, like, walks up the wall, like, backwards and is ripping off, like, flesh. And she just can't believe what she's seeing before her eyes. And as the full moon turns, Valken turns into a werewolf. And you see that he was bitten by the werewolf that knocked him off a cliff. And uh, so at this point, Van Helsing attempts to rescue Anna. And Valken uh, jumps out the window in werewolf form. Jumps out the window. And Van Helsing uh, goes and attempts to track Valken. And you see him loading his pistol with silver bullets because Carl comes in and goes why does it smell like wet dog in here <laughs> this is great he goes oh you'll be needing silver bullets then that was so great and uh so he goes and here we come into Top Hat Top Hat's been making the rounds on this show man been making the rounds for Top Hat here one uh, thing I one yeah. thing I wanted to mention too is what like when they had the interaction Velkin and Anna I thought this was pretty important. He tried to give away Dracula's secret, but as mm-hmm. you were saying, the full moon like came out of the clouds and he transformed before he could give away Dracula's secret. So we yeah. know there's something that could possibly be helpful for later on, and that's the only thing I wanted to add, and I'll let you go ahead where Top Hat is here. Love it. <laughs> Top Hat, the Grim Reaper himself. Here we go. So <laughs> Top Hat is like measuring a coffin for Van Helsing and he's very strange like he was already like sitting in it I don't know if he was sleeping in that shit or what he was doing but it was very strange and he just goes it's a perfect fit and then he attempts to like try to hit Van Helsing from behind with a shovel but 
He is not putting up with that shit. He catches the shovel, but then at the same time, Falcon as the werewolf, you see this like 300 werewolf dive again, goes straight into Top Hat, and Top Hat gets knocked into his grave. And then, uh, yeah, go for it. Take it. No, the the part that you're talking about, because I thought that this dialogue was perfect and it was ironic as fuck. (laughs) <laughs> because like when uh, right before Top Hat tried to attack Van Helsing, he said, "It's never too late to dig graves. You never know when you'll need a fresh one." And that's when he tried to attack him, but Van Helsing was ready for it and stopped the blow. And that's when the werewolf jumped at Van Helsing, who jumps out of the way. And ironically, the werewolf kills a grave digger that falls conveniently into the fresh grave that he just dug, saying, <laughs> "You never know when you need a fresh one." So I thought that was awesome. It was great writing. It was perfect. But go ahead and take it, man. And just a little side note here, uh, not to take too much time, but that's what I loved about this movie. Like, it was filled with these, like, classic kind of cliche moments like that. It, it was perfect. I loved it. Um, and, and one thing that did happen, like, the shovel falls into the ground and Top at another reason I call him Top at is that, like, spun on the shovel. I thought it was great. It was awesome. Um, but then Van Helsing tries to shoot Valken, as the werewolf and Anna stops him and Van Helsing looks at Anna and says he's not your brother anymore Anna and Anna like goes you tried to kill him and still you knew and he just reminds her you know he's going to kill people like it doesn't matter like whether he's not that person anymore he doesn't know what he's doing he's going to kill people so Valken as the werewolf arrives back at Dracula's lair. <laughs> Dracula's like experimental castle here. And Dracula attempts this experiment that he's doing. And we see the electricity because Igor is a little punk bitch. <laughs> like is turning everything on. Electricity goes crazy. And Dracula throws off a skeleton from this chair that has this necklace on. And uh, it says, he proved useless, but I'm hoping with werewolf, werewolf blood, venom running through your veins, you will prove a better benefit. And it was Valken's and Anna's father that he had put in the chair. Like, how fucked up is that? And he shoves Valken in the chair. They strap him in, getting the electricity going. And Valken goes, classic iconic line. I may have failed to kill you, Count, but my sister will not. (laughs) And then they start raising him to the top of the tower. It's badass. 2004 had that shit going on, man. I don't care. I loved it in fifth grade. I fucking love it now, too. (laughs) I thought it was fantastic, man. And uh, as he's being raised up, so this is when we uh, start cutting back over to Van Helsing and Anna. So Van Helsing and Anna walk into like the part of the castle where they start seeing it was like describe it it was like cocoons yeah i would say like a mixture of like cocoons and eggs at the same time like it was like like they it was upside down hanging almost if you ever seen like a caterpillar like you were saying like a cocoon and it was like hanging up there but they also had like little bubbles in it that kind of resembled egg-ish stuff as well and yeah that's how i would describe it mandy what what would you say (laughs) Yeah, that's that's exactly what I wrote down. I put egg slash cocoon. That was perfect. Um, but bottom line is Van Helsing like mentions that these are offspring. 
and Anna's kind of a little like freaked out, but he mentions, you know, he's had these brides for years. It's only natural, right? But he starts like he reaches in the thing to see what they're up against. I thought it was strange, but I was like, sure, whatever, I, I guess. I don't know why you would reach in that if you thought it was dead anyways, but I'll buy it. So he starts like throwing like the gook out. But at the same time, of course, what they don't know, you know, the experiments going on and the electricity goes off and electrifies these like egg cocoons. So as he's like getting the gunk out and you see this little hand like behind Anna come out of like the gook. Then all of a sudden you see these eyes open up on this little vampire child. And they all like fucking bust out of these egg cocoon things. And shit's about to hit the fan because vampire children are taking over the fucking world. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll let you take it from here, man. What do you want to say about that scene? I was just going to say this. is like when they came out of those cocoon egg looking things, they looked just like demon bats, right? They were like they almost look like... Yeah. Like uh, the child from the Mandalorian with uh, evil ears and wings, and they were grayish purple. I don't know, man. They look like I just call them demon bats. I look like obviously they're vampire offspring that they were born dead. But um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool. Again, the way things kind of looked for the time that this movie came out, they did a pretty darn good job. But uh, yeah, go ahead and take. I guess I'll, I'll say this one thing. Uh, you know, as those demon bats are coming out. And it's kind of like chaos going on inside the castle. Like, Van Helsing kills a bunch of them in front of Dracula. <laughs> and Dracula is pissed. And then after, like, you kind of see, like, that they have like, their first kind of, you know, face-to-face, Van Helsing and Dracula. You see the demon bats storm the village with the vamp wives. So the vamp wives can teach the demon bats to feed and kill. And with that, I'll, I'll just turn it back over to you. No, I thought it was badass. I was hoping you would mention the shotgun. <laughs> like, uh, like, one thing I want to know, why is it we're using arrows? Because we don't have guns, but Van Helsing pulls out a fucking shotgun and just starts picking these children off. Like, you never thought, like, shotguns and shit would have been, a, like, a, a better idea against vampires before? Like, just kind of, like, throwing that out there. I just, I feel like, because like, they already had guns before, right? The pistols already were there with the silver bullets where Velkin tried to kill the werewolf way back in, like, one of the opening scenes. Yeah. So, like, True. the guns were there, but they, they back then, the guns fired at such a slow rate, and, like, the reload <laughs> on them was so um, inefficient that, like, the, the compressed arrows were just a, you know, faster and more, you know, reliable way to, to put out a lot of rounds in a short amount of time. So, I, I feel like the, the, they just didn't, you can only kill so many with bullets, like, shoot twice and open it up, put more bullets in while things yeah. are coming at you. There's just not a lot of time that you can, you know, really do much with it, but... Uh, you know, I don't think that their gun technology was uh, as advanced as it is in 2021, back in uh, 1888. Um, but yeah, I would true. say that's probably why that was mostly used on like the arrow stuff. And plus, it wants to give that fantasy old school feel to it as well. So that's the only answer I have to it. Oh, absolutely. Quick malice in the chalice here. Not to hold us up, but malice in the chalice, baby. All I got to say is, wouldn't it be fucking weird? 
What if they wanted to do this realistic? So you saw the guns Van Helsing was using. He pulls out like a fucking musket. He starts trying to like back the bullet in there. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing, man? Any thoughts on that? What if they tried to make it more realistic? They dressed him up in like old time clothing. Yeah, like the uh, brightly colored red vest from London. They handed him a fucking musket. <laughs> it's like, this is what you're going to use, man. You're going to use a fucking musket. Well, number one, I think you're thinking Revolutionary War type stuff. And that was, <laughs> and that was in the 1700s, at least. Like, this is in the eight, late 1800s. So I think that, you know, it's uh, the time has, you know, elapsed <laughs> enough to where, you know, weapons have modernized a little bit from the muskets that they use in the Revolutionary War. So I think that's probably why they didn't go that far with it because they're using weapons and stuff relative to the time period that they were putting the story in, which was, again, 1887 was Frankenstein's Tower. 1888 is where we are now. So like the late 1800s, we're almost like 20 years from now, we're in the 1900s, <laughs> right? Or 12 years from now, we're in the 1900s. So yeah. it's not so far behind to where like that's necessary to kind of put that thought process into it. But, uh, yeah, it'd be funny to see, but, like, it just wouldn't make sense with where they are in the time frame. <laughs> Pack that musket, baby. He tries to stab, instead of what we're going to talk about with that steak here in a minute, he tries to stab him with the little, whatever you, what do you call those things? They had the little spear on the end of the musket. Yeah, I don't know what they were called, but, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Like, the old school colonial weapons had, like, the musket, but then at the end of it, there was that blade that stuck out underneath it where... If, like, your opponent got close enough or you missed the shot, you just stab him with the darn blade. <laughs> like, you take the whole uh, gun and just throw it forward and stab him with the sword <laughs> or like, the knife at the end of the damn, um, what's it called? The um, I call barrel. It the end of the damn yeah, barrel. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah, it. that'd be hilarious. So, just a funny thought. So, with that, Malice in the Chalice card off to the Shadow Realm, man. So... Uh, back to it. So at this point, we see Dracula is watching Van Helsing pick off his children. And they're exploding. <laughs> Fuck out of here, vampire children. You're fucked. And then old Big Daddy comes along. Here comes Big Daddy to protect his childs. <laughs> he walks down. And I love this part. I love the dialogue. Like, the dialogue is kind of cheesy, but I loved it. Um... And, and at this, remember they fly off to the village and he tells like the brides they need to feed. And so they go take them to the village. So they're going to all eat like these fucking people. And he goes, beg the devil that this time they stay alive. <laughs> so here comes Big Daddy after Van Helsing is picking them off and goes, so now that I got your attention. So Dracula is notices who this is and he goes, and he's clapping his hands and he goes I can tell the character of a man by the sound of his heart beating usually I can dance to the beat it's strange that yours is so steady and then of course at this point it cuts again and Carl is in the town with the villagers and Carl Super Carl Superman Carl is like about to save like you see carl and the villagers and this lady is about to be like pulled to death 
by uh, the vampire children, and she magically, like, I forgot what happened exactly. Like, he, like, somehow the vampire child, this happens in a minute, but basically, Carl's about to become the hero of a damsel in distress. Rescuing damsels, <laughs> in the words of Hercules, and we'll leave it at that. But, so, Dracula approaches Van Helsing, and then, this is where I was talking about the little musket pole, would have been perfect here if it was a little bit more, a little 1700 style. But he shoves a silver stake through Dracula's heart, and then you just hear him, like, pause for a moment. Like, you can even tell Dracula's a little shocked, like, probably the first time he's actually been hit by someone, like, attacked by someone in a really long time. And he goes, uh... Ricastia Impati, which in Latin that actually means may he rest in peace. But surprise, Van Helsing backs up, it does nothing to Dracula. And uh, Dracula pulls out the stake and just goes, Is this your silver stake? Oh shit. <laughs> like that was not supposed to happen. That's not the way this goes. Uh, and Dracula tells Van Helsing, he says, how long has it been? Three, four hundred years? And Dracula says, we have such history, you and I, and refers to him as Gabriel. Which I had a question about this. Is he, like, referring to, like, is Gabriel his actual name? Or is he, like, trying to make some weird reference, like Gabriel the Archangel or something? Like, what do you, well, what do you think about this? First, Michael's the Archangel. And like oh, okay. in terms of isn't uh, Gabriel biblical, an angel too though? Yes, he is. Okay. And yeah, but um, I I think and this is the cool part about this movie. I was gonna bring this up later on, like after we finish up with the summary. It's just that um, I do believe that Gabriel is Van Helsing's real name, and that they they had because obviously they have some sort of history, right? Because he says hello, Gabriel. He said mm-hmm. has it been three or four hundred years? So obviously him and Dracula have some sort of history. And the the whole this is where like the whole Van Helsing not having a memory comes into play because. Van Helsing has no idea what's going on when, like, in terms of why he's calling him Gabriel and why he's talking about how they have history because he doesn't remember anything. And it does play a part later on in like the final battle scene, which we'll go over and stuff. But I definitely think Gabriel is Van Helsing's real name and that they knew from past uh, conflicts with each other. Because like you were saying, the last thing Van Helsing remembers was like the war with the Romans in 79 AD yeah. and now we're in 1888. So obviously they had, he has some sort of like ability to you know still be alive after all this time. Um, yeah, so I, I do think it's a little bit of both. I think it is uh, a nod to the biblical you know Gabriel, one of the, the you know the angel there. But I also yeah. believe that because obviously it's almost like Dracula is like the right hand of the devil, and like Gabriel would be like the right hand of God or whatever. Um, but that's what I think. Maybe they were doing a little bit of an allusion to that. Um, but it comes up later on. You know, we, we figure out we don't figure out exactly everything, but we definitely get an idea that there is some sort of history between Dracula and Van Helsing, and I'll just leave it at that for now. Oh, love it. That's great. So um, basically, no, Josh J. Nelly himself nailed it on the head, but uh, he does mention, you know, you've had such horrible. Why do you think you've had such horrible nightmares of ancient battles past? And it really gets to Van Helsing, because. You know, he's kind of like, how do you know me? And right before that, what was cool was he holds a cross to him and Dracula grabs it and screams and then just turns into fire and the cross melts in front of him. 
So that's not working either. So you're like, what the fuck? Like everything we thought that would work on a vampire is not working on this guy at all. And Dracula reintroduced himself and goes, that's a converse, that may be a conversation from another time. It goes, allow me to reintroduce myself. I'm Count Vladius Dragulia, born in 14 t- 1422, murdered 1462. So and just then, let uh, me... Let's let me go ahead and, and give you a quick correction on the pronunciation of the first name. It's Vladislaus Draguliya. It's, so it's not Vla- Vladius, it's Vladislaus, which is spelled Vladislaus. V as in Victor, L as in Larry, A as in Apple, D as in Dog, I as in Igloo, S as in Sam, L as in Larry, A as in Apple, U as in Umbrella, S as in Sam. So Vladislaus Draguliya. Love it. And uh, I actually wrote it down that way. I just can't pronounce names. <laughs> That's me, man. And uh, what I was, uh, just a side note real quick. I was interested because I'm interested to look that up at some point. If that was like what Vlad the Impaler went by. Because I, it's interesting like what they kind of tried to make uh, somewhat referenceable to it. But anyways, we cut back to the town, right? And you see... Uh, this is where you saw, like I was talking about, you saw the maiden in the town. But what happens is the uh, children start like exploding, begin exploding all over the town. And the child that was pulling the maiden, I call her the maiden, like explodes. And then Carl uh, catches her. We'll leave it at this. We like to keep it PG on the show. I thought it was pretty funny because I called him Dirty Fryer. But basically, Carl wants to, uh, wants to, um, you know, court this lady and have some fun at the end of the night. So we'll leave it at that. I think that's fair. So moving right along. Uh, so Chase doesn't go off on any tangents. Uh, so Van Helsing here. Uh, sorry, you want to capitalize on that? I know I capitalize on that. I just want to also kind of get this part. I just looked it up here, guys. I pulled it up on the old Google about Gabriel. So there's multiple archangels, and Gabriel is one of the archangels. Michael is the leader of the archangels, but Gabriel is like a guardian angel. And that could be a little bit of an, uh, an illusion and a metaphor for Van Helsing's name, Gabriel, and Dracula being, you know, like, like I said, like the right hand of the devil. And um, Gabriel being like a guardian angel. That's kind of what uh, Gabriel was is in terms of an archangel. So Michael is the overall leader of the archangels. Gabriel is an archangel, though. So I just wanted to clarify that. And I'll let you get right back into it. Love it. So that was technically point one for Chase, I guess. Technically. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that doesn't happen often on this show. That's very rare. Very rare. So you got to take him take while you can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, okay. So diving back into it here. So Van Helsing like uses his handsaw. It's like oh, his spinning handsaw that he can gear up to like escape and he cuts this lever and it pulls him up and he gets Anna at the top of the tower. Uh, and they make this zip line to escape. This is badass. Why? I'll let you take this part. Take the part with the zip no, line. This is cool. Bro, all I, I made fun of it. I literally made fun of it in my notes. <laughs> I was like, Van Helsing and Anna escape the castle via zip lining, and Brother Wolf falls into the water. <laughs> I, that's one thing I don't really like. I think it's it was cool for the time, but that's one thing I think is very far fetched in this film. I feel like they fucking. Zipline and trapeze their ass everywhere in this fucking movie. It's like Tarzan on steroids. I've never seen shit like this before. It's very, 
very if if you had a one in a million chance to uh, make it to the other side, which is realistically what the chances are, for some reason they hit the one in a million like ten fucking times in this fucking movie, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna let it pass. I'm gonna let it go. I enjoyed it for what it was. But like, so the yeah, you take yeah, this part, man. I'll just because yeah, I want to get my I want to get the part of my boy Carl. But anyways, yeah. like so, um, like I said, they escape via zip lining, and the brother wolf falls into the water. So Velkin, you know, as the wolf returns to the castle, and Dracula sends him off to hunt and kill Van Helsing and Anna. But then it kind of shifts over to our boy Carl. I just put like he had a little horizontal pick me up. He gets up and accidentally hits a part of the wall that spins around to reveal a portrait of two knights fighting in front of a castle with the words, even a man who is pure of heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf's bane blooms and the moon is shining bright. Will cry in others' blood when the sun goes down and his body takes to flight. So that's Love like it. a little bit of a little poem. And then on this like portrait you see these knights are fighting each other but then they shed their skin from from like the soldier knights in armor to something else, and I thought that was really cool to kind of point out and and go from there. But that's all I wanted to add in there. I like my boy Carl. I like that part a lot. I like the little poem that they read there and the little portrait we saw on the wall. So I just wanted to jump in and steal that moment. But outside of that, I'll, I'll turn it right back over to you. No, you're good, man. I love it. That's great stuff. Um, so then at this point we have. Uh, Anna and Van Helsing are like walking through this tunnel um, and oh well we're not quite there yet so anyways they have this little kind of uh, moment I do want to mention is so like Anna and Van Helsing kind of have this kind of this moment I gotta say I used to kind of do this at Cowboys way back in the day like you put a hat on a girl's head and she's instantly like oh yeah I'm interested <laughs> like you're like puts her it puts the hat on her head and then this classic line anna goes they say they say you're a you're a you're a murderer van helsing or is it a holy man and then he just goes it's a little bit of both actually and sly hugh jackman like hugh jackman can get any girl he wants he's a man wolverine himself just puts the hat on anna's head kate beckinsale and she just has the drink goes don't let it touch your tongue and you can just tell like he is in the zone he's playing his cards right tonight and right as he's about to make his move man the floor falls from under them and we're going to the next spot dude can't catch a break <laughs> anyways yeah that's where we are so then at this point we have so like uh, it's is I guess it was a little bit right before, but it, anyway, no, a little bit right before, like the werewolf comes over to Dracula from where he was trying to follow them on the zip line, didn't work out. He like falls, gets back up to where the brides and Dracula are from where their children have exploded in the experiment now, because now we know where the experiment is, did not work out. And Dracula tells the werewolf, which is Valken, kill them both. <laughs> and like so we know the werewolf is going back at them now uh so they follow down this tunnel long story short at the end of this tunnel they find the monster again for i don't know why he was hiding there i'm assuming maybe this well, is like where i'll the tell you why was. 
Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. exactly, exactly what it was. Like, so when the mob in the very beginning burned down the windmill and he fell through the windmill, that was the ruins of the windmill. So he's been underneath the windmill for the whole year, surviving off whatever came down there with all the, with all the bones. That's why it's like, whatever this is down here, it's, it's carnivorous. It eats meat. And, you know, that's who it is. But, yeah, it's exactly what it is. The ruins of the windmill. He's been living underneath the ruins of the windmill this whole time. Frankenstein's monster. Oh, wow. That's that's wild. Man, they were, the writers here were great. <laughs> Loved it. Cliches and everything. Um, but, yeah, they get there and they have this kind of encounter engagement. But long story short is Anna wants to kill it and van helsing won't and he's strict to his morals and he says you know uh evil might have left his mark on it but evil doesn't rule it in which i cannot kill it so he convinces anna that this monster this poor creature might be able to help them in defeating dracula and at the same time uh the monster was saying if you know what i am kill me because he says we find out he is the key to Dracula's experiment at this point. So uh, from this point, basically what they decide is that they're going to transport this monster and uh, use it to defeat Dracula. So they get it in this carriage thing. And this well, is where you have that Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack going Right, off. Take it away. Take it right, away. No, right before that, just one little tiny thing that I wanted to add, because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, and I'll let you take this awesome part, is just that... Like before they decide to transport him on the carriages, you see where they they get him out of like the ruins or whatever. Like the werewolf who is also Velkin sees them with Frankenstein's monster and goes back to report to Dracula, and that's how they know where they are on the road. They could hear in a little bit when you're about to take it away. So go ahead. That's right. Good stuff. Love it. Love it. Um, so yeah, you have that. I I think this soundtrack would have done great in a franchise. It's sad that it didn't pan out. But what do you think of this soundtrack, by the way? It was pretty badass, right? Soundtrack was very cool. It was very creepy, very Halloween-y vibes. And at the same time, like Action Adventure 2, it was like, I don't know, man. It was very similar to, let me say, uh, Freddy vs. Jason meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, I don't know, awesome. dude. Like, it was, a little, like, it was a little bit of everything. It was very, like creepy but also like like gets your blood pumping for some action but also like you know here's some adventure i don't know man that's what i would just characterize it as like an old school horror film movie mixed with pirates of the caribbean mixed with lord of the rings like it was awesome i feel like it even had a little bit of star wars too like how star wars was like well they had the it was very cool uh and you know this isn't factor melody but it was cool (laughs) anyways so diving into it right so there van helsing is on the top of this carriage and they put the monster in this carriage and um uh they're they're like got these horses and they're going towards this bridge and they see like the bridge is collapsed and um the monster even says like let me out let me out at one point and carl goes well where are you going to go i don't know if you have seen this lately but you kind of stick out in a crowd (laughs) that was so great and they're like about to they're just like 
I don't know if you can kick it into fifth gear with horses or not, but you can tell Van Helsing is just hitting those reins and they're well, going to jump this thing. Remember what it. Remember what Anna said? Anna told him, he's like, Transylvania horses are faster than even werewolves. That's what she told him before they even started. So these Transylvania horses are supposed to be some sort of like real <laughs> fast breed, amazing, you know, running horses. And, you know, we're going to see what happens here because like, you know, the vamp wives, they jump them on the road, right? And so that's when they see that that broken bridge is like now that the vamp wives are coming at them from the sky. We're about to see what happens. Like I said, I'll turn it back over to you. I just think it's important to notate that these Transylvania horses were supposed to be something special and outrun werewolves. But apparently, I don't know if that was just too large of a tail because one of those things comes up in just a little bit. But I'll let Chase kind of roll with this one, man. <laughs> no, that's good. I think the only way they could have upgraded those horses was if they had Thestral wings. <laughs> if they changed them out with Thestrals, that would have been bad. Ass man, I would have loved it. Anyways, so uh, long story short is, so they jump this bridge, and like the horses make it, but the carriage like breaks off, and the carriage is falling, and just like Jay Nelly said, the vampires come out. So we have Illyria and Verona that are still left because Marishka is dead. They come out and they're trying to save this monster because that's what they're trying to steal is the monster. And uh, she tells uh, Verona, save the creature. And so they go down and I don't know what Aaliyah was doing, but she like grabs the wheel and gets like stuck in the wheel. <laughs> like does this like somersault thing and gets like flung back up and she just goes, save the creature. Well, anyways, Verona like climbs into the carriage and then notices the monster is not there. And she just goes, steaks. And realizes it's a bunch of steaks that are in this, like, bag. The carriage hits the ground. I don't exactly know how. I guess it was a bomb that was there yeah. with the steaks, right? So, guys, just to give you this uh, kind of comparison, this is very similar to, like, what an Irish car bomb was back in the day when they were fighting for their independence. Like, legit, mm -hmm. they, they would have, like, this thing full of nails and, like, ripped metal and everything into this big compacted area. And then when it would blow up, the, th the shrapnel would just fly everywhere and, like, impale whatever was near it. And so this is very, very similar with Silver Stakes. You know, it was a big, like, kind of bundle of Silver Stakes. And it was activated upon contact. And, you know, she looked at it and all of a sudden it exploded. And just like an Irish car bomb, the shrapnel, all the Silver Stakes went flying. And they pierced the shit out of Verona and killed her ass. But I'll turn it back over to you. No, you, you crushed it, man. Yeah, and she, like, disappears into the ashes. Verona's fucking gone. Get her ass out of here. Ass is grass, baby. That's why we like Illyria. <laughs> Last bride standing, baby. Last bride standing. Fuck yeah. Uh, so, but right when we think we're in the clear, because, you know, Illyria's not hanging around for that shit. Fuck that. I'm going back to my main man. Get the fuck out of here. That monster's fucked, dude. <laughs> we have no fucking Valken in his fucking crazy ass commanded state by <laughs> Vlad the Impaler here. Dragulia is like still commanded him and he jumps on the carriage. Well, and let's how did the carriage get on fire? Well, let's talk about this for a second, too. So there were two 
things being gone at the same time, and that's where the trickery happened. So Anna was driving a separate cart with carriage with another carriage that actually had the real uh, Frankenstein's monster and Carl in it, where Van Helsing was like the trap. They decided they thought right. that Van Helsing was going to be the one that protected uh, Frankenstein, since he's kind of like a powerful monster killer. So they went after Van Helsing's you know horse and carriage, and that ended up being the trap. But at the same time. Anna was driving something very similar, like almost identical in a different direction, like, like not in a different direction, but like in a different area of the woods going in the same direction. And so they intersected with each other, and so they're all together again before. So I just want everyone to know, like, this carriage that exploded, it's not the same carriage that has Frankenstein's right. monster and Carl in it. It was a different one that was led by Anna, who was riding the horses. And then, exactly. as you said, the werewolf came on, and I honestly don't know how it caught on fire. Like that was one of the really <laughs> problems I had with the movie. All of a sudden, like the like the werewolf jumps on the top of the carriage, and because it jumped on it and scratched it, apparently it caused a fire. I don't That's know. That's what I, I like. I didn't know how that even happened. They had Michael Bay syndrome at this point. Like they were just lighting fucking everything on fire at this point. Yeah, man. There was there was no like actual like activator of the fire. There was no match. There was no torch. There was no whatever burnt onto it. The, the more Werewolf just jumped on it, like scratched the top, and apparently it set it ablaze. So that, there's, there's really nothing to it. I, I was fine with it because then you have this badass like CGI moment though with the werewolf in the flames, like that iconic moment that everyone when a kid when it was like kind of like in Star Wars Episode One when everyone saw Darth Maul light two lightsabers. It was kind of like that as a kid. Like, you have to see the werewolf through the flames and you're like, fuck, shit is going down. Long story short is the carriage gets, like, wrecked because he jumps towards Van Helsing and Van Helsing jumps off the carriage and, like, shoots him. And you can see he shot the werewolf. But then everything just cuts. Um, and so Anna wakes up and sees Valken is, like, against the wall. And he's like, forgive me. And he dies in front of her. He's, well, he's it's, in his human form now. So, like, let's, let's yeah, like, make sure. We, yeah, like, yeah. He, like, she woke up and he was kind of in his human form. Because what happened when they had that whole thing, right? The, the werewolf attacks the carriage. Mm-hmm. It sets fire to the top of it. Van Helsing almost falls at first. Frankenstein's monster was actually let free by Carl, so the monster could like grab him just in time. And then the werewolf jumps back on the carriage, and then all of the like they all kind of jump together while it, before it explodes. And then in mid jump, Van Helsing hits the werewolf with two silver bullets, and that's why when you said everything cuts, and you know she wakes up, he's back to his human self because he's he's dying because he got hit with the silver bullets, and so he she gets this last moment with her brother, which I'll let you kind of take away there. Oh, no, that was great. Yeah, so, I mean, that's basically what happens. Like, her last <laughs> moment with her brother says, you know, he's like, forgive me, and uh, dies right in front of her in the human form, and she goes over to Van Helsing, sees him, and he's, like, against a tree, and you can tell he's hurt pretty bad. You just don't know what's going on. And she starts blaming him for, you know, killing and, and shooting Valken, and uh, she notices that Van Helsing has been bitten. And holy shit! Like, how the fuck are you gonna make it out of this one? And so, uh, one one thing I'll add right here. So now, guys, where are we at? We are officially down to the last uh, line, like the last person in line of the Valerius bloodline. So officially, Velkin is dead. He's gone. There's only Anna left. And now, her great protector Van Helsing has been bitten by a werewolf. So like, this is the yep. point in the movie where we're like, oh shit, this is the big conflict. Oh man, the good guys might be fucked here. So yeah. with that, I'll turn it back over to you. 
No, it was great, man. And uh, here we go. My second favorite part is about to begin. Uh, and this, uh, yeah, plays into why we did this this weekend. Another little piece of the puzzle well, here. I hope so, you're going to talk about how, like, the 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 Illyria like came back and grabbed Anna and, and flew her off to the dragon. Oh yeah, stuff. I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, relax. We just teleported. <laughs> yeah. well, I say, like, I thought you were going to just jump. teleported. I thought you were going to jump a couple steps and talk about like the date and everything. And I was like, wait, there's something that happened before that. We oh yeah. Don't about. worry. No, no, so, that happens in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I, that would make. Uh, we're teleporting now. We're blowing yeah. Goku and she transports herself. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Anyways, so, so uh, what I was going to say is Illyria knocks Anna out in this moment and then flies off with her, just like Jay Nelly said. Like, it was like Wizard of Oz flying monkey kind of moment. Like, takes the person and hauls ass. And they're like, oh shit, well. I'm surprised Van Helsing didn't go, well, she's fucked. That was a good run. <laughs> Moving on to the next person. She's fucked. Oh, well. Next mission, here I go. <laughs> There'll be another girl in the next town. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I would have said. I'm a savage. I'm a savage. <laughs> Bad, bougie. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Anyways, so... I don't know where exactly they were... How they transported into the next town, like after they just flew over mountains. They pulled a Game of Thrones here, man. I felt like they were in Dragonstone and teleported to the wall. Like, I don't know where the fuck this was. But they just, like, walk on it, walk in on this place. And you have this little bit of a moment where the monster notices that Van Helsing is bitten and says you will become what you have most passionately hunted for all this time. Hopefully those that are as as passionate as you, which was kind of even more of like, um, I guess more of like a, a praise to Van Helsing for like what he's done all these years. More I honestly, like a compliment kind of thing. What I thought think? it was, oh, I thought it was the exact opposite. I thought it was like Frankenstein's monster wishing death upon Van Helsing. Where he's like, well, now, like, you know, since you're such a monster hunter, hopefully all the, the ones that hunt monsters come after <laughs> you just as hard as you went after all of them. Because, you know, how people see Frankenstein's monster as someone yeah. who's less than human, and he actually has, you know, sympathetic emotions. And, and you know, almost like, a, you know, he's, you almost see Frankenstein's monster as a good guy in this film, where, you know, especially with Halloween works, that's not really the case. But I think it was more along the lines of him wishing death upon Van Helsing like hey I hope that you know you think you're such a badass you think you're so much better than everybody else well now you are what you became like you are you've become what you have hunted and now I hope the other hunters come after you just as hard so I thought it was almost like an insult more than a compliment I can see it that ma that makes sense I like it I like it that's probably where they were going <laughs> that's actually probably where they were going I just typical uh chase over here <laughs> takes it his own way just like you know, Lyria, I thought it would have been better Ilieta, but they went their own way on this one. <laughs> but that's okay. Anyways, uh, so, um, anyways, Illyria, speaking of her, she shows up and tells Van Helsing and the group that Dracula uh, requests a trade, the monster for Anna. And Van Helsing says that he demands it be in, like, a public place with lots of people, which is actually very smart. Uh, and uh, then Illyria, this is where Dracula is pulling his own plan here, but says, There will be a wonderful masquerade ball 
on All Hallows' Eve, which brings us into this piece of the puzzle, baby. This weekend is when this ball would have occurred. Side note, also got to say, you know, shout out for today. This is also, uh, you know, rest in peace, Harry's parents. <laughs> that also occurred, so just throwing that out there. That occurred today, right? October yes. 31st. Yes. All the bad shit happens on October 31st, man. I don't think that's why you have Christmas. All the good stuff happens October 31st. That's why you hang with Chase and Josh. We keep out the evil, which comes up in a minute. I fear no evil as I walk through the valley of shadow of death. <laughs> exactly. Long story short, so here we go. We're about to make this engagement, but first we have this badass scene. One of my favorite scenes of Dracula's dancing with Anna. And uh, wait, it, real it quick, of, before yeah. we get there, there's a couple parts that I think are very important, and this just might be me go being over overbearing yep. on it, but I want to make sure there's nothing left out, right? So mm-hmm. we see that like Van Helsing incapacitates Frankenstein's monster again with darts, and they hide him in this like. Um, yeah. Like I would say, like mausoleum, right? Because it's not underground. It's like one of the, like mausoleum type things where uh, they end up kind of putting him in, inside of it. Then they put the big cross over the entrance so no one can enter, like the graveyard's mausoleum area. Anyways, as they start walking away from it, you see this hand creep out from under a coffin lid, and that's gonna be big later mm-hmm. on. It's a little bit of a foreshadowing that's happening. But and, and, and as we go there, right before Chase is talking about this masquerade ball, we learn Van Helsing won't turn into a werewolf until the rising of the first full moon, which is in two nights from this point, and that he can fight Dracula's hold over him until the final stroke of midnight, which at that point he would be fully under Dracula's influence and control. And... Um, this is one of like the plot hole things that I've had, and like I don't know if I should save it for <laughs> save it for later or do it now. But I'll just say like my issue with this is that yeah, you know, as, as ridiculous as it is, like how many full moons are there in Transylvania, right? We had like <laughs> and Anna's brother had just had a full moon when he broke into her house and tried to attack her, and apparently like the same week we got another full moon right here with Van Helsing. Like we had full moon. I mean that werewolf that attacked both Velkin and Anna in the very beginning had to transform the full moon too. So like apparently there's like a billion trillion, all the full moons in the world happen like every single day in Transylvania apparently. But uh, that's the only thing I've really had a big issue with. So. I just want to mention that, though. So we kind of learn that fact. And that fact of him, you know, turning into a werewolf, uh, the rising of the full, first full moon, and that he can fight the hold over him until the final stroke of midnight is going to be very important later on. Big foreshadow. But I'll let you go ahead into the masquerade ball in there where he's dancing with Anna, and I'll let you take it away. No, I love that. Because if you think about it, the only reason there's a full moon is because the way the Earth turns on a sphere. Think about it. They just had like five nights of full moons in a row. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you have three werewolves <laughs> that turned into werewolves <laughs> for five nights in a row. Not giving anything away. We'll get to that in a minute. So two werewolves. We can see where this is going. <laughs> but you see one's already bitten. So we'll see where this goes. It, yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous. But whatever, I thought it was cool. <laughs> you got to make it work, man. You got to make it work. Anyways, so uh, yeah, my favorite, one, my second favorite scene here. So Dracula is like, if you've ever seen the Ace Ventura movie where he walks into this like rock concert and is messing with people and does like the the waltz on in that's kind of what dracula is doing they're doing like this 
uh, waltz kind of two-step dance. And he's, like, seductively trying to, like, seduce her. But at the same time, he's, like, showing her that she's just a puppet on a string for him at this point. Like, she has no power. Like, if she wanted to try to take Dracula on one-on-one, sorry, Anna, you're getting your ass handed to you. <laughs> like, that's just the way it works. Like, you're not going to be able to do shit. Uh, so Dracula asked her, yeah, how does it feel to be a, be my puppet? And she goes, you make my skin crawl. And he says, that is not all I could do with your skin. <laughs> that was great. And then he tells Anna, um, he tells Anna that, uh, Anna says she will not let him trade trade her for the monster because she knows that that's how Dracula will birth the children. And Dracula says, I don't plan on trading you. And if I know Van Helsing, he is not planning on trading either. <laughs> so we both know they're both going to try to play chess match here and sabotage each other. About to get badass. And Anna, at this point, like, I do got to say, like, so he brings up a little bit. This isn't very important, but he brings up a little bit that, you know, he's trying to find a new bride and Anna could be like that new bride. Right. That, and yeah, yeah. that's the plan. That's the plan. Like his plan is to turn her into one of his new brides since he's only down to one left. That's That is the plan. Yeah. And I guess technically at that point, here's a good question real quick, just on a side note. Is that technically the last of the line or is she still like alive at that point, even though she's dead because she's no. dead, but she'd be dead exactly what you said yeah she'd be dead no the line is done it's over so <laughs> the line is yeah and i guess she's not going to purgatory she's just gonna be what she is at that point so uh, but yeah so then at this moment you have dracula dancing with her and this is the coolest part they look in the mirror the only reflection in the mirror is anna so what does that tell you Shit is a fucking trap, and it's filled with vampires. This is not your normal masquerade. Can you say it's basically one? Because Carl is not exactly, in his words at the beginning of the film, <laughs> meant to be in the field. And then we know the monster isn't helping Van Helsing, so... <laughs> like it's basically one on a fucking, like, hundreds at this point. It's basically what it is. Um, so Van Helsing like flies down from this trapeze where he was looking from the top in this like disguise of a masquerade disguise. And as Dracula is like at a seductively, like first he already kissed Anna, like, I guess like kissed her, but as he's like about to turn her, he like his fangs come out, he's hissing, Pulling the old classic Mariska and Verona and Illyria, Illyria and Verona with the wine blood. And he's like about to bite her. And he goes, after one brief moment of pain, we can be together forever. And then Carl, like after Van Helsing has said, I need you to do something for me. He pushes this jester that's blowing into this torch and it hits the back of Dracula. And he's like screams basically like oh shit like what the fuck who did that 
And Van Helsing comes down on the trapeze. Like I said, one out of a million. They have the luckiest odds in the lottery I've ever seen. Because he, like, it goes perfectly again. So grabs her, swings to the other side of the balcony. And then uh, the vampire kids are like, I called them vampire kids because they weren't like the children, but they were like little kid vampires, right? Yeah, it wasn't even just little kids either. It was like the adults in there too. Like all the people that were dancing the yeah. masquerade ball, they were all vampires. And so like, then you got to see they, like you said, almost I would say it's like maybe a hundred on three because now Anna's saved by Van Helsing and Carl does his little magic here in just a second. That we're about to like learn about, but yeah, uh, it's uh, they're kind of fucked, man. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna let you take this part because you this is your weapon, man. So I'm gonna let you take it from here at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a couple things that happen before that that goes there, right? So Dracula is now on fire, turns away, and Van Helsing swings to and grabs Anna while he's distracted. But the thing is, is that we learn we have like a full circle moment here. The hand that was under the coffin lid turns out that was the assistant Igor. And they found mm-hmm. and stole Frankenstein's monster. So Van Helsing, he rescued Anna. He's got Anna there. But on the flip side, Dracula has now got Frankenstein's monster. Igor had followed them, found like, hit under the coffin, and was able to take Frankenstein's monster. So now, like we were saying, Dracula turned everyone at the Masquerade Ball into vamps ahead of time. And so now they all rush to attack Van Helsing, Carl, and Anna. Now, this is the cool part. We get to see what the ball of compressed magma from Mount Vesuvius with the pure alkaline from the Gobi Desert, which again creates a light source equivalent to the intensity of the sun, can do. And, you know, Carl said it down there. He's, he's like, this is what it's for. Like, like, I know what it does. I don't know what it's for. He's like, this is what it's for. And so they jump out the window and like they go like they fall down into like the water below. And all of a sudden you see that it detonates. And what it does, like when it creates that light source equivalent to the intensity of the sun... One thing that maybe we should have drawn more attention to at the very beginning fight scene with the uh, vampire wives in Van Helsing and Anna is that, you know, when the sun comes out and it's not cloudy and daylight, they stay away. Right. Mm -hmm. And there was a reason for that. But now with this big weapon that it it has the intensity equivalent to the sun, it detonates in front of all these vampires. They all get destroyed. I'm talking like ripped skin from bone. It, it destroys every single vampire that came after them. So the whole, I don't know, 50, 60 people that were turned into vampires by Dracula ahead of time at this masquerade ball that were trying to attack and kill Van Helsing and maybe take Anna back prisoner, they all get fucked up by Carl's weapon. So that is the part that I will say there. And then, you know, as they're all in the water, we see something else happening. You know, Igor with Frankenstein's monster and those little, like, minion, like, half Ewok half like like i don't know what the heck they were like whatever the creatures they were were you know half minion half ewok were like paddling away on the rowboat and you know they escape with frankenstein's monster and drop the the crate um down below so that van helsing and anna and carl couldn't catch them on the boat so where we're at right now is you know carl van helsing and anna are safe from the vampires of the masquerade they killed them all with that weapon but on the flip side, now Dracula has um, Frankenstein's monster to complete 
his experiment, his testing to bring his offspring to life. And so in a way that they wouldn't die from now on. So that is kind of where I'll leave it back for Chase to kind of pick up from there. But yeah, I love that. That weapon it was badass. It was really cool. It would have been awesome if we'd been able to use it against Dracula himself. But you know what? That's the second best way you can use it when a bunch of people are coming at you all at once. It uh, took out 50, 60 just in one explosion. So that was pretty badass. But uh, I'll uh, turn it back over to Chase. Yeah, I'm going to assume, like, I guess that weapon didn't do anything against Dracula because it took up the whole castle. So you would have thought you would have been hit by it, but I don't know. What what do you think happened on that? It's possible. My thought process was, like, Dracula had already escaped by that point and, like, was going back because he basically had his own minions do his work for him. So he figured, like, hey, with, like, all yeah. 50, 60, 80, whatever, how many people these are, like, one of them is bound to get these guys. So I'm just going back to my castle yeah. and chill while Igor brings me back Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> um, that's my thought process, that he wasn't even in there when the thing finally detonated, but who knows? Yeah. And I do got to say, this part was badass as far as what he says. This part was fucking terrifying. If you would have put yourself in Gabriel Van Helsing's position, I don't know how how Hugh Jackman is a fucking beast because I would have been fucking terrified. He said, I give you Van Helsing. And like all their tongues come out with their fangs and their faces just go pale as they go chasing that group like a fucking stampede in Lion King. I would have been fucking terrified, man. That's crazy. Um, but one thing just to say as, you know, as the bridge came down is they're escaping with the monster at this point is you can tell van helsing's curse is getting worse as a werewolf and he was like telling him like he will rest he was speaking to the monster frankenstein's monster monster and says i will rescue you i swear to god and this is where uh carl tells him that he's been ordered by the order uh to kill the monster because he's so much of a threat because what he can be used for and then he tells him uh did you tell them what i am to become and it just holds Carl up by the neck and it's getting worse and you can see the yellow in his eyes where the curse is taking over and uh, Carl basically tells him like they don't care because he's not human like he doesn't fit into that classification of like not killing humans because it's not a human and and then Van Helsing uh, just says like he was sorry and then they head back into Anna's castle let me me just clarify that just a little bit so, what ended up happening there is that um, Carl, because you know, like you said, and you mentioned this perfectly, that Van Helsing promised to save Frankenstein's monster, and Carl was like, "Well, you can't. You know, I wrote back to Rome. I you know, updated them about the situation. They want you to kill Frankenstein's monster as well." Mm-hmm. And Van um, Helsing has very conflicted. He's like, "It's against this code because he only kills evil creatures, and Frankenstein's monster isn't evil by nature." So that had that yeah. confliction there, and then. Like you said, he grabs Carl by the throat. He's like, well, you know, if you told them about Frankenstein's monster, what did you tell them about me? And this is the part where I wanted to mention. Carl specifically says, I left you out. I didn't tell Rome about you, Van Helsing. So he started to see like a little bit of teammate, you know, camaraderie between Carl and Van Helsing that even though he's turning into a werewolf, Carl still didn't give up his friend Van Helsing, even though Van Helsing would probably need to be killed as well in Rome's eyes you know at that point in time so that's the only thing i just want to add and clarify but outside of that go ahead and take it away no love it uh actually take this next part too because you're big um you're really good at you know connecting the dots and all kind of the hidden stuff so i'll take it up to the point where we start getting to our our next kind of uh big main event there but i'll let you take it while we're in the castle and all that good stuff 
Yeah, absolutely. So basically what ends up happening here is that uh, Dracula and the Minions, they took equipment to, like, Dracula's lair. Remember, if I, I, one thing that I'm not sure if we mentioned that maybe we should have is that Dracula's lair... So no one could find this for however many years they've been hunting him, right? Yeah. This is something that has been happening. So people think that Frankenstein's castle is Dracula's lair. It's actually not. So when they get to that castle, they see that all the equipment's gone. So what happened is like the minions and Igor and Dracula, whoever was involved, they took all the equipment necessary, moved it from Castle Frankenstein to where Dracula's lair is. All right. And why that's important, again, is because no one knows where Dracula's lair is. And this kind of brings back that one point in time after Carl had his fun with the, the maiden there and he bumped into that map, you see like the, the, the thing turn around. We start to kind of put together pieces, right? And so we get this big kind of monologue from Carl and it explains exactly who Dracula was and we get a big backstory, right? So Dracula was actually the son of Valerius the Elder. And in 1462, when Dracula was murdered, he made a covenant with the devil. And he was given a new life that could only be sustained by drinking the blood of others. So Valerius the Elder went to Rome to seek forgiveness, which was when the bargain was made. He was to kill Dracula in return for eternal salvation for his entire family. But because Dracula was Valerius the Elder's son, he couldn't do it. He couldn't kill his own son. So what he did is he banished him to an icy fortress, sending him through a door from which there is no return. But when that happened, the devil actually gave Dracula wings, and that is how he returned from that icy fortress, right? So then we learn that the clues that were left so that future generations might kill Dracula for him, and Van Helsing thinks the big map wall is the door, and they just need to figure out how to open it. So we're kind of putting all the pieces together, right? We had that big wall turn around. We saw the knights fighting each other. And when that bell struck, both uh, the knights kind of ex expanded into a werewolf and into a vampire. And then we have this big map door. And all of a sudden you see that there's a little piece missing in the bottom left-hand corner. And this is where the scroll comes back into play that was given to Van Helsing by the original priest. And that had the insignia of the ring that Van Helsing was wearing, which is also going to play a big role here in a second. So what they end up doing is that the scroll from the order of uh, uh, the Holy Knights in Rome, it comes into play. It's a missing piece of the inscription on the wall. And so he says the words, right? So it's written all in like a Latin text. But he says, in the name of God, open this door. And then the door kind of does this weird shimmering thing. And it turns into a mirror, right? It's like a mirror that has a reflection. But Van Helsing like, puts his hand through it and realizes you can walk through this right mm -hmm. so it turns into the mirror that they can walk through and so van helsing walks through it first then anna follows him and carl goes through it sees the other side kind of gets freaked out and tries to go back through back into the to the castle that anna lived in and realized that's the door that you know you can re no one can return through he couldn't get back through it right so now we're stuck on the other side of this mirror wall. It is the door. And then we see probably one of the most badass, most, like, I would say, visually stunning things that we've seen in this movie to this point is Dracula's castle. It's called Castle Dracula at long last. And it's basically like a whole fucking ice mountain. Think about, yeah. like, I don't even badass. know how you would classify it as, you know, if you think about Game of Thrones with the Night King and he had all the, the ice things around him, like, I don't know, this thing, this thing rivaled it. It was all dark stone 
icicles flying, like, like, like held from everywhere. It was the size of actually, it was actually a cutout in a mountain itself. It was really, really cool. Yeah. And so that's that kind is. of where all the pieces that Chase was talking about getting fit together. The clue of the map on the wall of like the, the, the soldiers fighting each other but turning into a wolf and turning into a vampire. And then the door with the scroll, the piece that fits into it. And all of a sudden that map was actually the door itself and that they walked through it. And now we are finally at Castle Dracula and I will turn it back over to Chase. Badass. And uh, one thing, because it goes in my little mirror scene. Uh, well, this isn't very important, but one reason they realized that was a door was because uh, Anna mentioned, you know, vampires don't have any reflection in the mirror. And, and Van Helsing says, maybe to Dracula, this isn't a mirror at all. This is a door. So what's even funny is thinking about that, that mirror that was in the masquerade, it could have just been a door <laughs> going to somewhere too. But um, And then one little cool easter egg that a lot of people didn't notice so as soon as they walk into castle dracula if you had turned away at all you would have definitely missed it but you could see like skeletons impaled like on trees that were there so i gotta mention this part real quick this is cool because i didn't know this until i looked it up so and i i knew this was the case because i watched a history documentary on vlad the impaler so one thing he used to do outside Dracula's castle, actually exactly where that was supposed to be, like on that bridge, yeah, he actually did it in the lawn, but he got known as Vlad the Impaler, which was this exact name, but how do you pronounce the name, his actual name? Vladislaus. Vladislaus, and he did, it actually is true, that dragon symbol, we'll get there later, but that's actually a historical thing, but he got that from impaling people on trees at that exact spot so they threw that in there as kind of a historical easter egg which i thought was interesting which is based on the um how the book got derived from that um the original dracula book but anyways so um they go uh to this castle and as soon as they get to the castle, of course, Igor's there. Dirty Igor, thinking he's going to actually do some shit. So Van Helsing pins him to the wall well, with his, like... Yeah, hold sorry. on, let, let me let me get this caught up here for just a second, because that is a very important part. But there's other okay. things, too, that I think are very important that, you know, obviously watching it, you guys probably already seen it, but we're starting to see mm. the wolf powers take hold of Van Helsing yeah, a little bit more, important. right? Getting mm. into the very like front of the castle, they didn't know how to get in. And all of a sudden, you see Van Helsing shows some of those wolf powers starting to take hold as he leaps into the castle, right? And then as he leaps in there, we see, you know, as many offspring as we saw at Castle Frankenstein, there's like quadruple that in Castle Dracula, all these egg cocoons hanging from yeah. everywhere. And we see um, that is where, we, right before we get to him pinning Igor into taking Carl and Anna to the, the whatever, like I will say this part here, we see Frankenstein's monster trapped in an mm -hmm. ice block right and he's kind of giving like van helsing advice or whatever but anyways van helsing again shows that that wolf power by pulling the bars with wild strength and frankenstein's monster gives van helsing the the, the key to everything yeah. says tells van helsing there is a cure to remove the curse of the werewolf and that dracula has it and the reason and this is from carl and they all kind of put the pieces together and carl is the kind of like the genius behind all of this they put the pieces together the reason dracula has a cure is because the only thing that can kill him is a werewolf. And if any of the werewolves decide to fight against him, you know, he needed to have that antidote ready to 
turn them back into human to save himself. And so that is right here where we got the Igor part that I'll kind of leave off and let you take from there. Oh, yeah. No, no, you're fine. Actually, he pinned Igor against the wall first because Igor was there in front of him when, like, he was in ice. So he pinned him against the wall, I thought. I thought it happened first, but it doesn't matter, really. No, it doesn't <laughs> matter, yeah, because like, what I thought, and I, might, and I might be wrong here, too, and this is something that everyone else can go and look up, but I thought, like, all this happened, and then, you know, they pinned Igor against the wall and told him, like, scared him, basically, like, you're going to take them to the antidote and he's like no i'm yeah. not and then mm-hmm. he showed his fangs he's like yes i am i will take them <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah, so i feel right. like that i think that happened afterwards or else like, it wouldn't make sense how they would know there's an antidote right oh okay i, I must have just misplaced misplaced I, it when i was doing notes because i thought it was like he was there first kind of like a henchman like trying to stop people and he pinned him against the wall <laughs> and then like saw him in ice but yeah no that, that works for me too either way it enunciates <laughs> to the same point we're going here so uh basically um long story short it's just like jay nelly said he hit the nail on the head you know they're gonna take him to the cure so anna and carl go off with igor and fucking sly igor tries to pull a fast one so right before he can anna says she's gonna go in first because they see this cure and it's entrapped in this glass ball of like liquid. And doesn't right? that go for it? Yeah, doesn't that kind of remind you a little bit of Beauty and the Beast with like the rose that was yeah. inside the thing? I thought that was kind of cool. One other thing I want to mention too before we get into that part is like just to detail what the plan is, right? The plan from Van Helsing, Carl, and Anna's side is now that he told him to go, you know, find the antidote with, mm-hmm. he told Igor to take Carl and Anna the antidote. Is that the plan is when the bell begins to toll at midnight, he'll be able to kill Dracula. And then they plan to find the cure and get it in Van Helsing before the final stroke where he's stuck as a wolf forever. So that's the plan that they came up with right before Igor took them to the cure. But I also thought it was pretty cool that you were were saying it was in this weird like sphere of stuff and like, you know, the the liquid that Carl was about to mention, I'll let you go into it. But to me, it very much reminded me of like the West Wing in Beauty and the Beast where they had that rose inside the glass and it had like the little magnification of it, but it looked beautiful and kind of scary at the same time it's the same sort of vibe i got from this antidote in that little like encasement if you know for lack of a better word and so from there like i only just take it like did you kind of think it had that same sort of vibe like what did you think about it oh absolutely and i i think we missed a, a missed a part actually i'm glad you brought that up because remember what does he do to carl he gives him the silver stake and says if you don't get the cure to me by this point then kill me yep. is basically what he says and uh you know, he has that moment finally with Anna where he pulls her back and says, don't be late <laughs> and kisses her and he gets his girl, man. So that's a big part. We kind of skipped over a minute. But just like you said, it was cool. That's why I love this movie so much. It has like it is perfect for us in fantasy here because it has like those classic like fairy tale moments mixed with all this bit of like classic horror and and all the fantasy like epic tale genre of like good conquering evil right is the whole idea behind this so i i thought it was really cool you're right um but yeah it's it, it was great uh i'll tell you what uh <laughs> i'll let you take a, do you want to take this part you can take this part where like he like double crosses them and like kind of going from there like what yeah part, what part <laughs> is it? yeah so basically like igor takes carl and anna to the cure and like I said, it's a cool little syringe inside this type of glass thing, right? And, you know, Igor ends up double-crossing them uh, as Anna goes in first. 
she's like kind of looking at it and Igor realizes that Carl's kind of the weak link and so he basically kicks Carl in the back and then she like locks them in there with the like the the grate falling down and trapping them inside the room with the cure so they got the cure here but there's there's nowhere to go with it um then it kind of cuts back over to Van Helsing and he's using like his wolf powers to kind of jump and get to Frankenstein's monster because again Frankenstein's monster is the key to you know bringing all these offspring to life and for good this time and then it kind of cuts back again to Illyria she confronts Carl and Anna in the cure room and what ends up happening is Anna breaks the glass holding the cure and it's a viscous liquid inside the glass and what it does it actually burns Illyria and then Anna uses it on the gate door as well like the little bit of glass left she like almost like very similar to uh, uh, I would say the Half-Blood Prince where he uses the scoop to get the liquid in his mouth like a Dumbledore in the cave yeah it does it looks like it yeah he scoops that up she scoops it up and throws it at the door and the door starts to melt a little bit and uh, that's how Carl is able to escape with the cure and now we get this kind of one on one it's Illyria versus Anna the last vamp wipe versus the last of the Valerio's bloodline and they're in that room and Carl is escaping with the with the cure and that is kind of when a, a Igor attacks Carl on this bridge where he's trying to get to the other part of the tower where you know ideally he's going to find Van Helsing and inject him with a cure by the time they they get the big battle on so he's trying to find you know where they're going to have this final battle and he's trying to cross this bridge and that's where like I said, Igor attacks him. And then we get to that point, like I said, where Van Helsing was using those wolf powers. He finally gets to Frankenstein's monster. But it's just about too late, right? We hear this big thing say, one more volt and the offspring will live, right? So we get this, that, that Dracula is really excited about it. They got almost all the energy they needed from Frankenstein's monster. And, you know, we, then we get to see, for the first time on screen, Dracula's full transformation and what he looks like fully not just the shadow of it not just the face mm-hmm. of it full face body wings everything we get to see exactly what dracula looks like in his full transformation which was badass and then he flies up and like you know he gets the yeah, almost like van helsing almost gets frankenstein free just has one ankle like uh, uh what do you call it thing that, that that fastens him down like one last buckle on the ankle before he can get out of that chair but then the lightning hits him and he falls back into the chair and it gets that last volt needed to bring the offspring to life. So uh, that's where I guess I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Now the offspring, like, like Frankenstein, you know, he got hit with the lightning bolt. The offspring are alive. Dracula's in his full form, you know, trying to make sure that Van Helsing can't spoil the plans. And with that, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, no, love it. Uh, one thing I did want to say is about Illyria, because I'm a big Illyria fan here. Uh, I love how it was kind of like... Uh, I. Uh, uh, hats off to predator like when she was upside down she makes that predator face like her face goes all sorts of ways if you ever seen predator with arnold schwarzenegger she goes did i scare you and anna goes no and she goes then maybe i need to try a little harder and then after she was burned which you saw that cgi where like back in the day it was pretty now it's kind of cheesy but back in the day it was good where like her face was half gone and stuff She's when she stopped Anna, she said, you can go when I say you can go and you can go when you're dead. <laughs> it was great. It was excellent. Um, yeah. And what I'll say here, too, because, you know, I'm the vampire on the show. Josh is uh, the Stark werewolf. So I'm going to let Jay Nelly take the big battle scene at the end here because we want hate to say it but we want good to conquer evil so i'll take the illyria scene a little bit before because i'm a vamp 
And I'm going to give the big finale moment to Jay Nelly so he can save the day for us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so from here, um, this is where we go back into that. What's that whole, in the words of Jim Carrey, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, what was that whole one in a million talk? <laughs> so we start ziplining and shit again, man. Trap piece in our ass across fucking bridges and shit. What do you think about this part? Was fucking ridiculous. I'm gonna let you take this part too. <laughs> like, you take this was, part too. Take it away. It was very strange, right? We get like Igor attacking Carl on the bridge. Remember, Carl's got the cure and he's trying to get to, to Van yeah. Helsing. So Igor attacks Carl on the bridge, and <laughs> I thought that was gonna be like. The, big problem here because after that whole thing happened where the offspring are now living frankenstein like you said had this weird you know i'm gonna swing from the ropes like tarzan like a <laughs> moment here very strange <laughs> what ends up helping like what ends up like helping carl out is frankenstein's monster like he ends up with the power line that he's holding on to he swings down and it knocks igor off the bridge to igor's death Right, so there's kind of like a full circle moment there. Igor is kind of the one that screwed over Doctor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster in the beginning by telling the villagers where to find them in the windmill, and now we got this full circle moment. He's swinging down on that power line, and it takes Igor right off and kills Igor. So now Carl's safe from Igor, but we've got this weird choice that Carl has to make, right? Because remember what, what Rome's instructions were: we have to kill Frankenstein's monster as well because it's not human and it's a threat. And so he has a choice to either let Frankenstein's monster die. Or go against Rome's order and swing him loose to save him. Mm-hmm. And he makes the right choice. And think about it. If he doesn't make this choice, this movie's over. And what I mean by that is because at this point in time, like Illyria and, and Anna are very, very close to finishing their conflict here. Where Illyria has Anna dead to rights. Um, yeah. In the room. Not, not, not to the point where I'm going to let Chase take it. But like he, in the room, like Anna's about to get killed by Illyria, right? So he makes the choice, and he swings, uh, he pushes the thing off, and it swings Frankenstein loose. And Frankenstein's monster swung right through the window where Illyria has Anna dead to rights about to kill her. And all of a sudden, now Frankenstein's monster's in the room helping Anna out versus, you know, letting Anna die. Because if Carl makes the choice and goes with Rome, lets Frankenstein's monster fall off. Anna's dead in that room with Illyria. There's no shot yeah. against it. But he made the right choice. Frankenstein swung through the window. And now he got some help, right? Just so everyone knows real quick, it was Van Helsing that went to the top of the tower that took Frankenstein's monster off of that chair. Remember, he like pulled the screws out and was like, this is going to hurt since I'm accustomed to pain, but at least we know you're alive. <laughs> like pulls it off. So that's just so everyone knows that's how he got to that trapeze moment and yes. got out of the chair. Yeah. 100%. Great call. Um, yeah. And then we finally have like the stroke of midnight hit. Right, we got the stroke of midnight hit, and Van Helsing starts his transformation, and he turns into this really awesome black werewolf, and you see like a cross on the werewolf's chest, and I thought that was really really cool, very good attention to detail. But anyways, you know the wolf transformation is at its final transformation. Van Helsing's fully in werewolf form, Dracula's fully in vamp transformation form. We have hit the final battle where it's about to start. And this is where I'll let the chase take over. Last thing I'll say is uh, Frankenstein's monster takes over the fight fight for Anna, so she can go and help and find Van Helsing. And he like grabs, you know, he grabs Illyria and throws her down to the ground and allows Anna to do her little zip line trapeze artist, you know, swinging from the power lines thing. And that's where I'll turn it over to Chase, where he can take it from there. 
Yeah, just two things. One, I'll say, like, it, maybe it was just me, but <laughs> Van Helsing as a werewolf looked badass as fuck. I don't know if it was just me, but he looked fucking massive compared to the last two we saw. Like, he was ripped as fuck. He towered over Dracula, man. He towered over him. He had that, like, black mane, like a fucking lion. He's your boy, dude. He is serious black in the book style he's like who serious black was in the fucking book dude he was badass that's your fucking boy um also i did write this down because i thought the dialogue was fucking ridiculous at this point going back to like when carl saves frankenstein i didn't mind it but it was just so fucking stupid i had to write it down because i couldn't believe they would even write some shit like this into the script Carl goes, <laughs> the monster goes, help me. And he goes, but you're supposed to die. And then the monster goes, but I want to live. And he goes, all right. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, you couldn't have come up with any other way. <laughs> but I want to live. Like, no shit. <laughs> No fucking shit you do. You should have fucking said, fuck this movie. Let his ass drop. His ass is grass. He'll probably live down under the sea for years anyways. He's not even fucking human. Fuck this. <laughs> Screw you guys. In the words of Eric Cartman, I am going home. <laughs> I want to live. Anyone in their right mind that's normal would have said, fuck that. <laughs> gone boy you like a thousand pounds that fucking rope ain't gonna hold the both of us <laughs> anyways okay back to where we are so Illyria fucking badass Illyria knocks down Anna and then I love this part she her big ass venom tongue that's how it even fits into like venom that we just covered a couple weeks ago licks Illyria's face and then uh she goes be happy in the knowledge that I shall weep over your dead body and then Carl well hold oh, on sorry. Be before that let's talk mm -hmm. about the absurd like we were talking about before we started this show like when she was swinging from the zip line talking about Anna when she was swinging on the power <laughs> yeah. line all of a sudden, Carl decides to be Tom fucking Brady and throws, like, a dime piece pass with <laughs> like, a damn what? cure. Like, put put the cure on the money. Hit Anna right in the numbers. <laughs> She's swinging past the bridge. Carl's got the cure. He's like, here, Anna, take the cure. Launches it. And apparently catches her, like, led her perfectly into, like, he, like I said, what he turned into Tom Brady. What the cure? Throws Me the cure. Over. Like, what if they, what if, even Tom Brady, like, that'd be almost impossible to fucking do. Even Tom Brady would say, fuck that, we're running the ball. Like, who the fuck does that? Like, at what time did that save? Like, you might have saved an extra 10 minutes. You could have ran that shit. 
climb down the fucking mountain or well, something, dude. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> the bridge was falling apart, right? There was only little bits of part for yeah. he could, like, fall into. Like, So, obviously, that was the way to go, is throw the damn thing. But, like, I guess we're going to take it with a grain of salt that this friar, this monk guy who <laughs> really doesn't have any sort of physical ability, is very smart, like, mentally, but, like, he's kind of, you know, weak and, you know, scrawny. Didn't even want to be in the field, as he said in the very beginning. <laughs> Throws a perfect dime piece pass in crunch time. From the cure to Anna's <laughs> hand, like 60 yards. <laughs> Apparently, it's the greatest pass of all time. But that's when she catches it and swings, and then and then Illyria tackles her, and I'll let you take it like where you were just at with that. So go ahead. I just couldn't fucking believe it. Like it was absolutely absurd. And I love the movie for what it was. Like 2004. Fuck it, you gotta do some cool. But really, fucking for real? How many fucking? How many fucking uh, bungee cords, nets, ropes, green screens? How fucking much of this shit can you take? If I was an actor, I probably would have fucking walked off set by this point. You're filming Spider-Man times five here with no spiders. This is fucking insane. (laughs) But whatever, I'll take it. But Carl, the dime piece athletic motherfucker that he is, should be Superman of the show, swings like the monster loose. And pulls him through like the broken window, well, which just on. so happens. Wait, sorry, keep going. You backed, you backed up. You backed up. That we already got Frankenstein oh, okay. through that thing. I was right. gonna, well, I was gonna say how it collides with Illyria. Right. Yeah, and he like grabs her. But the yeah. thing is, like, like we we were at right before we talked about the cure thing. How you said that Illyria had uh, Anna pinned down, like, and was like had her tongue. Okay. Out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Like, like, so let's I kick, backed up a little. Yeah. But, kick, kick it back yeah. into where you were there, and then then we'll, yeah. we'll go there. Well, then we're actually going into, um, you know, Dracula comes into this moment for a second. So you want to take this Dracula piece real quick because it kicks back into Illyria after that. I'll let, no, I'll, I'll let you take it. I'll let you take that part because to me it wasn't that important yet because like the fight scene had just kind of started getting like you know underway. So I'll let you take that part and lead into like the one that you want to talk about here with Illyria. Okay. So let, go ahead and take it. Okay, sounds good. So Dracula is like approaching. Van Helsing goes, you are too late, my friend. My children live. And then, uh, of course, Van Helsing, the badass that he is, Gabriel, then the only way to kill them is to kill you. And then this is that fucking awesome scene. Um, So Van Helsing waits for the clock to strike midnight, and the clock hits midnight here. So, which this might be a little contradictory. I want to bring this up. I have a question about this. Technically, when the clock is at midnight, should he be fighting from control of Dracula? Like, should it be like supernatural powers or he just happened to be because of his origin can defy Dracula? No. So what what happens there is the stroke of midnight hits. That's the very first stroke of midnight. So the very first stroke of midnight hits, that's when he can transform. And basically, he has until the final stroke of midnight, meaning like, 1201 <laughs> like he's got one minute basically oh, okay. he's basically got one minute to try to take this guy out before he's fully under uh dracula's control so the, the stroke midnight hits he transforms in the wolf basically he's got 60 seconds to kill this fucker so <laughs> <laughs> playing on handicap here hail mary pass <laughs> holy shit holy shit anyway so um yeah it, it hits midnight for the first time and then that's when uh you know he sees dracula like the terror on his face like what's about to happen and 
And, you know, this is kind of like the Twilight moment. Like, he rips his shirt off and then turns into a fucking werewolf, uh, like, right in front of Dracula. And you get that whole, like, 300-moment Spartan dive again of, like, that badass fucking werewolf he is right at Dracula. And it's fucking awesome. Uh, And then Dracula even said, I love this dialogue here. He goes, we, he is like cowering down from him almost. He goes, we are all part of the same, Gabriel, but we find ourselves on opposite sides of the board. And then they are engaging in combat. And then Dracula for a minute, like, because he's like, this is like really the first time uh, I would say Gabriel Van Helsing has fought as a werewolf. So Dracula kind of kicks his ass at first, like kind of puts him in his place. I guess why he's getting used to the powers. But then Gabriel starts like taking over and he goes, we are part of the same game, Gabriel, but we find ourselves on opposite side of the board. And then, and like I was saying before, but it, and then Gabriel like starts kicking Dracula's ass. And then you have this famous fucking scene all of a sudden where the werewolf, like it's, it's the part where you probably remember from even the trailers back in the day when you were a kid, but he, Gabriel sharpens his claws against the wall. And we're just like, dude, like, this dude is about to get fucked up. Uh, one part I would say, like, uh, yeah, this is like that part where lightning, yeah, we saw, like, lightning struck the bridge. But anyway, so, Anna, we go back to her, right? And Illyria is talking to Anna and says, Anna, my love, it is your blood that shall keep me beautiful. What do you think of that? And then all of a sudden, Anna takes a silver fucking stake, full circle moment, shoves it right through Illyria's heart. And then she just like is in shock, can't believe what happened. And Anna says, I think if you're going to kill someone, kill them. Don't stand there talking about it. And then she screams and Illyria is like being engulfed from the inside. It almost looks like the Sandman in Spider-Man 3. Like the sand stuff and like the venom is taking over from the inside. And it bubbles up in her torso and she explodes right in front of Anna. And it is just fucking awesome. Uh, I thought it was so cool and it's a badass full circle moment. And with this moment, I'm going to let you take it for the final battle here, man. Take it away, Jay Nelly. Sounds good. One thing I want to say is Anna just didn't pull this silver stake out of her ass. It was thrown oh, to yeah. her, thrown to her again by Carl, who apparently has the best arm of all of Transylvania. Um, so I just want to make sure that was thrown out there as well. Yeah, I got but, that um, in there too. I forgot. I skipped over that. I, I had a little note in there that said most ridiculous thing I've ever yeah, seen. For sure. <laughs> Whatever. So, Whatever. Then, then we go back to this battle, right? The, the big bads, right? We got Van Helsing and, and Dracula going at it. But now like the clouds cover the moon. And Van Helsing is kind of like forced back into his human form. And then, you know, Dracula gives him a lecture. And we actually learn that it was Van Helsing that murdered Dracula all those years ago. And, and actually Van Helsing took the ring that he has, that, that insignia, the ring with the insignia. Dracula puts his hand up and it shows that his finger is gone where that ring used to be. And one thing I will say, like even before that part happened, we had another iconic scene. And this is what you might find uh, very um, familiar if you looked at our promo this week on the new Instagram page is that um, <laughs> right before the, the moon was covered by the moon like the, was covered by the clouds 
uh, Van Helsing in full transformation in werewolf form held Dracula up by the neck and like had him dead to rights there but then the moon was covered by the clouds and then he like like fell back into human form so uh, you guys may fi- see that scene specifically on the promo and it might be a little familiar to you but I thought that was really cool where he like literally this this guy just founding these powers Dracula's had these powers for over 400 years or whatever it may be and you know this new guy with this new wolf power just held him up right by the neck grabbing him there I thought that was pretty cool so um, to kind of kick it back into there after we kind of hear the backstory and and basically you know Dracula asks him like don't you want to know what you don't remember like you don't remember anything like wouldn't you want me to give you like all the memories that you've lost out on and and basically and I thought this was pretty cool because this is something that doesn't usually happen right normally we get these full circles and what ends up happening is we had like he gets uh, all the memories come flooding back to him and it kind of debilitates him a little bit and all these other works and this one not at all he's like some memories are left best forgotten and i was like no way like this is awesome most of the time like you know i was like thinking when i first watched this back in 2004 oh great we're gonna get this crazy flashback and it's gonna you know overwhelm yeah. van helsing he's gonna have all these memories and dracula's gonna start open his ass some more till somehow he's able to like some convoluted way of actually getting in the job done and killing him but nope, he said some memories are best left forgotten. <laughs> and then he ends up, the, the moon comes back out from behind the clouds. Van Helsing turns back into the werewolf and bites Dracula's neck, killing him and all the offspring. The, the good guys have won. Bad guys are dead. And um, as this is happening, after he finally kills Dracula, we get this awesome part here where Anna finally, with the cure, because remember, she got that awesome pass from carl with the cure and after she staked the the other lady vamp wife Illyria, she's now coming through the area and, and sees and helsing right before the final stroke of midnight she needs to inject him with this cure else he's stuck like a wolf forever and so she jumps at him to inject him with the cure but like he like sees it and jumps on her mid pally like he pounces on her mid jump and so we all all we see is that like, he tackles her and we see this window in the background and we see the looming figure of the wolf over like Anna's body here. Then it kind of we see Carl show up into the room and Carl has the silver stake and he's like oh, god forgive me he's about to kill his friend Van Helsing because he thinks that Van Helsing just killed Anna and Anna was not able to get him with the cure. And so he's about to attack Van Helsing with the silver stake but Van Helsing turns around, catches Carl's hand, and like we're like, fuck, now, you know, Anna's dead, Carl's about to go dead, and now Van Helsing's basically a wolf forever. Now he's the bad guy, right? He turns from the good into the bad. What yeah. a full circle that would have been. But we find out that during the initial pounce, Anna was actually able to inject him with a cure in his side. And so as he's holding Carl's hand with the silver stake, he starts going back down into human form. And uh, he looks over. Unfortunately, during the whole process, he did kill Anna. And, you know, so he looks at her dead body there. But the good news is, is that he killed Anna after he killed Dracula. Meaning that Dracula was vanquished during the time of their bloodline still being alive. Which signifies the fact that her whole bloodline is now able to enter heaven and rest peacefully. Eternal salvation has now been had because... Dracula was killed before Anna was killed. Unfortunately, there's no more Valerius left alive on Earth, but 
the whole thing was done. They got they got the objective taken care of. So, anyways, uh, he I thought this was a pretty cool moment too. That you might remember he like kind of picks up and holds Anna's body like half wolf coming back down to where it is like yeah. like like you know the threads torn from his shirt like body like hanging out and he's holding her against thing like no because like he has some sort of feelings from her. remember because he said like you were talking about back in the beginning of where they entered dracula's castle like don't be late and he kissed her yeah. and so like they had some sort of like romantic connection or a spark and unfortunately it was at his hand that she died which is kind of you know par for the course of everything that happens with van helsing he does everything with a good intention and unfortunately bad things tend to happen like he tried to save dr jekyll mr hyde ends up killing them you know they everyone calls him he's like are you a murderer are you a holy man he's like a little bit of both and you know here we are again he killed dracula but unfortunately also took out anna in the process too so it's just kind of par for the course for for him unfortunately but uh Uh, quick side note though i did love how they did like like how you mentioned how he was like you know almost crying over they did the like wolf howl at the moon at the same time so that was almost like another um you know like uh, hats off to like the classic werewolf in london or werewolf movies for like the howl at the full moon like i thought it was really cool and you can take it away <laughs> yeah for sure i mean the last couple things here is obviously I, I had that they um went ahead and took her body very similar to the olden times have you ever watched troy you know, hopefully one of maybe that yeah. someday we'll maybe look into that. You know, on an off day, like just a special. Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right, like Game of Thrones too. A like, great point there. With the you know, after all the dead were there, they put them on pyres and burned them. Mm-hmm. But that's very much what they did here uh, with her body. They burned her body, and as they're kind of in the process of doing that, and, like laying her to rest, that's their way of you know sending her off into the, the like the afterlife. We see Frankenstein's monster like heading out to sea on his own. Like he's like kind of almost like paddleboarding, standing on this this thing of wooden planks, and he's he's pushing himself out with the oar or whatever. But um, what I thought was kind of cool, and this is kind of where it ends off, is that we see like the whole Valerius line in ghostly cloud form. You see like the initial of Valerius the Elder, really then cool. you know how it has like the whole family, the nine generations come down, and like the last ghostly figure form in the clouds that we see is Anna's face smiling down at them. Because, you know, they, they, they accomplished the task. They did what they set out to do. Dracula's gone. They can now rest peacefully uh, ever after in uh, heaven. They're not stuck in purgatory. So I thought that was really cool. And then it was what I thought was really funny. And this was just, I think they did this as an homage <laughs> to, like, uh, any sort of really fantasy fiction movie or story anywhere. Literally, the very to the very literal sense, Van Helsing and Carl ride off into the sunset. Like, they literally yeah. are riding off, and the sun is setting. So I thought that was really funny that they decided to do that. And that's kind of where the movie closes out. And is there any part in there that you wanted to pinpoint before we get into the extra stuff that we have for the show? Or is that, is that good to end off on? And what do you think? That was pretty good. I was just going to make a quick comment. Like, when they ride off into the sunset, that's when you have that classic, like, soundtrack. Like, the Star Wars... Da, 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 da. <laughs> they're like riding off right but just a quick question before we get into our uh, next section of the show which you know is a big part of the show like you know they had thought this was going to be such a big thing which i was actually really impressed going back and rewatching it because you think like we were saying you watch something as a child you think as you go back and rewatch it like maybe the writing was absolutely terrible i just really loved the cgi and i was actually really impressed like everything i was really trying to pick out actually pieced together really well even from the beginning and everything that was full circle so 
and the CGI for the time was great. And they wanted to make this a franchise, almost like what Harry Potter became, because the original idea for Universal was instead of the Hogwarts castle, they were actually going to make Van Helsing's, well, Dracula's castle, and they were going to also tie it into Horror Nights and do a lot of stuff with that, which wound up becoming Harry Potter, which is how we have that, which is kind of cool how it ties into our show. But my quick question is, like, why do you think this movie wound up bombing and didn't would you think it was a marketing thing or like what because i truly enjoyed it for what it was maybe it just didn't captivate the right audience or something yeah i think mainly the reason why is because it wasn't something new it wasn't a fresh idea I mean, it was a fresh take on certain things but basically what it was doing is it was putting like a compilation of of all you know forms of halloween monsters together there wasn't really any crazy plot right it's, it's very mm-hmm. similar to hey here's a big bad guy here's like what we need to do this is how we defeat him right yeah. I mean, the one thing i will say is about the whole fight even though it was cool seeing the transformations and the fight scene itself there was never a point and in almost every single uh fantasy fiction production there's a point where you're like oh shit the good guy might lose there was never yeah. really that there was never really that point right. dracula never really had van helsing dead to rights about to kill him or anything like that you know what i mean like once he turned into the wolf like it was pretty much you know there was a couple you know he got his ass kicked for like 10 seconds of just regular blows to the body and the head and knocking him over stuff. But outside of that, like, it was pretty much Van Helsing's show, very similar to after Goku transformed into the Super Saiyan with Frieza. Like, even though Frieza tried to, like, get that pump up the last thing, like, it was pretty much game over once the transformation happened. So, like, I don't know. I just think maybe it was because it wasn't really a new... Uh, there was nothing about the movie that was super, like, wow factor. It was just, I think it was a good, fun movie that they put out I don't know if you know. Said there was plans for a franchise. There are other Van Helsing movies, but it's not mm-hmm. with the same cast, and it's a lot different. There's like I think I think there's yeah. three three of them, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's three Van Helsings in total, but um, none of them have the same cast. It doesn't fall off the same storyline. It's completely different. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that might be a reason why it just didn't flow properly. I guess I can say like not not properly because it was a great movie, but like I don't think it caught steam like some of these other things like Harry Potter. Yeah. No one had ever heard of before. Like wizard going to school, learning magic. That's amazing, right? Like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like there's this there's this ring that can destroy everything, and all of a sudden these band of misfits have to come together and make sure that they, they destroy it. Like that's never been done. Like this this stuff is like you know there's been Doctor Frankenstein's in the past. There's been Count Dracula's in the past. There's right. been werewolves done. So maybe that's why. That's the only answer I could really come up with. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with it. It's uh, just a side note, and I'll let you take it away. It's interesting because you can actually go watch old interviews with Hugh Jackman from where he was uh, after filming this movie, like what he thought it was going to be because he had signed on for two major characters. And of course, one was with Marvel and Fox. <laughs> we know what that wound up being, which was a huge success, which is Wolverine. And in interviews, he's comparing this to Wolverine because he thought the two franchises were going to basically be going side by side where one time he would film one movie and then during his time off he would film the other and he would basically have these two characters until the end of time and it wound up only being that and it's been compared to what happened was this was basically like a ryan reynolds green lantern that just like never kicked off and wasn't going to work because the storyline it was good but it just wasn't what the audience wanted which i didn't like green lantern at all that's the difference but it just yeah it just I think Universal, you're exactly right. Like, Also, I feel like if they were trying to make a franchise with it, they threw almost everything into one basket. 
Like, it's kind of like if you were trying to make a franchise with classic monsters, which we've seen they've kind of tried to do over the years, like bringing back their whole realm. Like, you just threw everything into one movie in two hours. So, but no, I agree with you. Yeah, man. Why don't we kick off the debates, brother? Good stuff. For sure. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. Um, we are going to get into this next section of our show, which is the debate parts. I did put out two debates that I'm going to start with. So let me go ahead and throw the great debate card here. I'm going to put the gauntlet down in the center and ask Chase what he thought. First debate, number one. Who was the real hero of the movie? Was it the Knights of the Holy Order for making Van Helsing go to Transylvania? Was it Anna for sacrificing herself at the end to kill Van Helsing? Was it Van Helsing himself for getting the job done? Was it Frankenstein's monster for evading Dracula as long as he did so Dracula couldn't go through with the plan? Like, who would you say the real hero of the movie was? Man, that's a tough one. Because uh, I feel like they all have their own key piece to the puzzle. But if I had to pick one... If I had to pick one, I would still say... I would still say it's Anna. And the reason why I would say that is because... Even though the Order tracked down Van Helsing to take out Dracula, which did happen... Um, eventually whether or not Anna was taken out or not so either Dracula is going to keep living and she was going to try to keep taking him down whatever eventually I feel like Van Helsing would have wound up in that spot taking down Dracula just based off his ancient past which we learned so I can't exactly give the order credit because I feel like Van Helsing would have wound up there anyways taking out Dracula but then to be clear cut about this the only way to beat Dracula, as we learned, was to turn into a werewolf. And if that werewolf escapes, which the only one that can turn against Dracula, in my opinion, is probably the most badass one of all. And if that shit gets loose and can't be controlled, you can argue that's more powerful than Dracula because it just beat Dracula. So Anna sacrificing herself, even you can even say like maybe she wasn't sacrificing it for the greater good <laughs> geller grindelwald's phrase uh it you can say like yeah she did it out of love but that's more of a sacrifice because the whole world could have been in hell if that shit got on loose if van helsing became the villain i don't know who the fuck would have taken that shit down <laughs> like i mean you had two werewolves on the loose and it took him just to kill those and he got bitten at the same time like who the fuck is gonna go up against that so I would say Anna's the real hero, man. What about uh, you? All right. This is going to be fun. For me, my choice is Carl the Friar. And the what reason- the fuck? <laughs> fuck me- you, Carl. Get the fuck out of here, dirty friar ass. Let me tell <laughs> you exactly why. That. Let me tell you exactly why I chose Carl the Friar. In the beginning of the movie, number one, He's the one who created and gave all the weapons to Van Helsing in the first place. So Van Helsing wouldn't have anything substantial to fight these vampires and Dracula without Carl in the beginning. On top of that, without Carl, they would not have made it out of the masquerade ball. The whole place was turned into vampires and my man detonated the ball full of compressed magma from Mount Vesuvius with pure alkaline from the Gobi Desert and killed all those vamps in one fell swoop. Without that, they probably don't make it out of that masquerade ball. He's probably, the Van Helsing, Anna, and them are all probably all dead right then and there out of that masquerade ball. 
Then, he's the one who gives Van Helsing and Anna the full backstory on Valerius the Elder and Dracula coming to the conclusion that Valerius couldn't kill his son, so he left clues for others to find and for others to kill Dracula for Valerius the Elder himself. So Carl's the one that figures out the only reason that Dracula would have a cure to being a werewolf is that the werewolf is the only thing that could kill Dracula in the first place. So basically, without Carl, they wouldn't know the backstory, they wouldn't be able to figure out where this wall was. On top of that, they wouldn't realize that, oh shit, a werewolf can actually kill Dracula. So without these brains and these smarts, like, they're just trying to fight someone that they don't know how to defeat. So they, you think Van Helsing and Anna would have been like, oh, you know what might be great? Maybe I should turn myself into a werewolf. Like, no! <laughs> like, absolutely not! Carl with the brains tells them exactly how to go about doing it. On top of that, and we go to uh, the if, if Carl doesn't make the decision to defy Rome's orders to make sure Frankenstein's monster dies, Frankenstein's monster would have fallen and therefore been unable to crash through the window and save Anna from being killed by Illyria. So Illyria would have killed Anna right there, which means, guess what, the cure doesn't get into Van Helsing, which means Van Helsing either kills Dracula and becomes a villain, or Dracula kills Van Helsing and we're still in the same problem that we were before. And so, you know, that, that doesn't, if he doesn't swing Frankenstein loose, that ends right then and there. Then on top of that, uh, Carl decides, you know, with the only werewolf cure in existence, he's going to go full Tom Brady and launch this thing, perfect, <laughs> perfect okay. pinpoint pass to Anna, who's swinging on a power line. Somehow he, he puts the cure right on the money and hits it there. Let's say he throws it even a little bit off. That cure's gone, and you can't cure Van Helsing, so now Van Helsing turns the werewolf, killing everybody. So without that awesome pass <laughs> from there, that's, that's a moot point. Then on top of that, you know, she's about to get killed by Illyria for the third time, pinned down against the wall, and who saves her ass? Carl throws a silver stake Fucking right Carl, to her dude. and stabs <laughs> her through the heart. Without Carl throwing that silver stake, she dies there too. Like that, that's <laughs> this a, piece of it's just, shit. It's so funny. <laughs> he doesn't even belong in the field. Like, he doesn't, doesn't belong, belong in the field. doesn't belong in the field, but without him, they would have been fucked. Like he had the intellectual capacity to like decode all the clues, come up with the right answer on how to defeat Dracula once and for all. Kind of, yeah, it was able to you know defy the orders that were given him directly. Got Frankenstein's monster through that window to save Anna. He was able to put the cure on a pinpoint past Anna, so she could get it into Van Helsing. She saved Anna again with the silver stake. Like without Carl. They're fucked. <laughs> like they've got nothing, man. Like you take Carl out of that movie, they're dead before anything, bro. Like they, they don't even make it out of the masquerade ball without <laughs> Carl with that awesome. Like even I would say they won't even make it past the first fight with the vampire uh, wives because Carl's the one that brought all the weapons <laughs> with Van Helsing and said, "Here, these yeah. are all the things I came up with." So Damn. in my opinion, the true hero of Van Helsing is Carl the Friar. As much as I don't want to agree with you, because I fucking don't like Carl. <laughs> I don't. I fucking think he's a waste of space <laughs> besides his intellectuality. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're right. You can't kill vampires with fucking hand saws like he did Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, and. I will say this, fucking, we saw how quick Carl got stopped when he tried to stab that silver stake through Gabriel, but I gotta agree with you, man. I wasn't considering Carl, but you made some good fucking points. As far as MVP, 
Like, that's what I say. I wouldn't say he's a fucking hero. I guess he's the most valuable player out of the group. But, yeah, you made some... I can't argue with that. They would all be dead without Carl. I fucking can't stand him. And I don't think he should have been there in the first place. And he tried to back out like the coward fuck he was at the beginning. But luckily, because Van Helsing told him he was forced to go by the order he went. But we all know he would have been fine playing video games at home if he had it his way. <laughs> but that's fine. So I will not call him a fucking hero. But I will give him MVP status. You win this debate. <laughs> you win. <laughs> fuck <laughs> i give it up to carl the fryer man without his brains without his weapons without his passes of uh pinpoint accuracy you know we don't have this conversation his bravery was very his bravery was very small at the beginning oh 100 <laughs> percent. but bravery doesn't make a hero getting the job done makes a hero <laughs> and they couldn't have got the job done without him so i'll leave i'll leave it at that i got one more debate for you as well in my debate, this one's very, very simple in terms of like, it's very subjective, right? There's no really way to win this debate. I just want to know from your perspective. Debate number two, has there ever been a more badass werewolf in any on-screen production than Van Helsing himself as a werewolf? <laughs> still to this day, he's the most badass one I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I still even remember watching this in theaters as a kid. This movie was so good. I saw it in actual theaters at the Regal. And then we had what was called a dollar theater back in the day where you can pay a dollar and go. My dad took me to see this three times because he only had to pay a dollar. And I just love this fucking movie so much. No, nah, even going back to the classic horror, man, even Michael Jackson turned into a werewolf in the thriller music video didn't compete with this. We fucking know Lupin didn't look very fucking cool in Harry Potter, in my opinion. Dude, this is what Sirius Black should have looked like <laughs> in, fucking, in fucking Harry Potter, just minus the werewolf status. It, I, I can't think of one, man. Uh, do you have any off the top of your head that might even be able to compete? It was badass, dude. He looked fucking great. Yeah, fucking no, awesome. I don't, man. That's like my debate. I was hoping maybe we could like you know debate me on this one because I think this one's the most badass one that we've ever seen, right? We go back like you were talking about with Harry Potter, like Professor Lupin's werewolf doesn't hold a candle to this. And keep in mind, like we say this all the time. We said this probably twelve times during the show. This one's from two thousand and four. We're almost yeah. twenty years removed from this, and there has been countless numbers of productions that include vampires and werewolves. Twilight's wolves don't hold a candle to this. Vampire Diaries wolves don't hold a candle to this wolf. Like I said, Harry Potter, his like Lupin's wolf yeah, doesn't hold a candle yeah. to this. Like of all the productions I can think of, even up to today's standards, like what when did Vampire Diaries end? I think maybe 2015, maybe yeah. I don't know, 2004, 2015. That was only five years ago. There was no wolf on there, like no werewolf that matched the intensity and all the coolness that we saw from this. Like. It was a yeah, perfect animation not. between like you know scary and fearsome, and also a little cartoonish at the same time. Like it was an excellent like way to go about it, and for the time period, it's just unmatched, man. Like like even if yeah. someone comes out later and makes a better werewolf, the fact of the matter is this werewolf production of CGI that they had put together stood up for 20 years of time against any other thing that yeah. anyone else has come out with wolf wise and so yeah man i think we're on the same uh, ends of the spectrum with this debate i do believe that we both believe that 
this werewolf in Van Helsing, Van Helsing specific werewolf himself, is the most badass looking and creatively driven wolf that we've seen on screen. So that was just my second debate, man. Yeah. Pretty easy. Side note, I will say <laughs> Jay Nelly doesn't like Twilight. Like the wolves in there are badass. Like they are fucking big. But like Jay Nelly we'll see at some point. They're just more like big dogs. Like even the detail in fucking that went into this, just like you said, I love how you mentioned the cross on his chest like stuff like that i swear his fucking hair was real <laughs> like it fucking looked real the way like that black lion's fucking mane waved it, it it's he was fucking a beast it, honestly though too like i gotta give the other two werewolves credit with that as well like compared to any other movie like the other werewolves still looked badass like yeah they weren't as built as him but they were still fucking cool looking. Like this team, whoever um, did the CGI on this film, did an excellent job for the time. So, yeah, man, you want to close us out? There's one more thing I want to do. I'm gonna play the tipsy gypsy card, but I'm playing the tipsy <laughs> gypsy card on myself because it's Halloween and I've got one more thing to say on everything Halloween related but to do that I'm gonna throw down my own little tipsy gypsy card to make myself chug this damn wine from the top you guys are gonna <laughs> hear it I'm gonna pour it right into the speaker so you guys can hear As Chase can defend me there, I just poured a full mason jar full of wine. And yes, after I chugged yes, after I chugged this to the face, the reason why I played the Tipsy Gypsy card is because I'm gonna go into a list of ten reasons why this was the perfect Halloween fantasy fiction movie to do on our show before we close this out. But to do that, it's Halloween. I'm going to go ahead and chug it. I'm going to put my wolf mask and it paws yeah, on. Yeah. And I'm going to go into why it's the best Halloween movie. It was a great choice by Chase. I give him all the credit. But first, I got to see this drink away. So I'm taking the headsets off. And Chase, whenever you're ready, give me a countdown. Yeah, I mean, by the way, side note, I woke up on the... It took me like fucking... It took me all week to burn that fucking wine off, by the way. I woke up on the couch. Jay Nelly was texting me this week. Had to, yeah, give Jay Nelly credit here. We always hold each other accountable because we like this show to be top-notch where it's at globally ranked. He had to give me a coaching session all week because I was recovering from that fucking tipsy card last week. So, fuck you guys. I know you all enjoyed that. I'm glad my misery is your comedy. Let's give Jay Nelly a countdown here. Let's wave our serious black swans as he goes into the land, land beyond as I cast this Avada Kedavra curse. One, two, see that, drink away. See that, drink away. Okay, see that, drink away. See that, drink away. Okay, see, 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 gone. Oh, yeah, Jay Nelly. Woo. Jay Nelly in the house, baby. Yo, just put that Jay shit down Nelly. probably, I don't know, eight seconds. That was pretty impressive. That's impressive. Uh, I don't know how you did so, that. That's, that's fucking Now, great. I'm going to give everyone, and let me go ahead and put my uh, wolf mask on. I'm going to give everybody reasons, ten reasons why... Van Helsing was the absolute perfect choice 
for our Halloween special episode before we close out with you for the day. Oh. All right. And don't worry. <laughs> that is, yeah, please, here. dear God, no. tune in. Excuse me. Like, tune in on the YouTube. I'll By the way, our YouTube is growing, too. so shout out. I do love and that. That's great. As soon but as the yeah, claws you got to see on, Max on YouTube. We're going into it. Now, I'm going to start. <laughs> it's like the horse mask. It's the horse This was the most ideal fantasy fiction Halloween movie. Number one. The majority of the events take place in Transylvania, which has heavy Halloween ties. Number two, we have Dracula playing a major role. Dracula is one of the most famous Halloween like villains or monsters of all time. Number three, we've got Frankenstein's monster playing a huge role. Again, another classic Halloween character playing a big role in this movie. Number four, we have Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde playing a role in the very beginning. Y'all thought we forgot about them. We did not forget about them. Then, number five. What do we have? We just talked about it, and I am on screen saying it here. We've got werewolves playing a big yeah. role in this movie as well. Another classic Halloween character, scary monster, playing a huge role. Number six. The Halloween, like the Masquerade Ball was held on All Hallows' Eve. Another word for All Hallows' Eve is Halloween, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven. Oh, we great. have Igor, which is Dr. Frankenstein's assistant, playing a pretty decent role as well. Then, number eight. We've got, I would say... They didn't play a major role, but at the very, very end, when we see them go off into the sunset, we got to see kind of like ghostly figures. And guess what? Ghosts are a huge part of Halloween, too. <laughs> so we saw like all of the Valerios line as ghostly figures in the sky going off into their final resting place. I count that as ghosts. Ghosts play a major role in Halloween. And then lastly, number 10, all of the 12,000 full moons that were put in display on this show, we've had a bunch of full moons, and full moons bring out the werewolves, which bring out the Halloween spirit in everyone. And with that being said, taking off the mask, and those are the biggest 10 reasons why this was a great choice by Chase Brown as to why this was the best Halloween special that we could have done for an episode that launches on Halloween itself. And with that, I'll turn it over to Chase. He'll say some words, and I'll close this out, and we'll get out of your hair. I saw this movie as a child, and I thought I was really going to not like it when I watched it again, and I liked it. Like, I'm so glad it has changed the perspective for me for going back to these films. Now I know I'll actually like these, like movies like this. Uh, Harry Potter had me on the point like, fuck, like, of course I'm not expecting much, but maybe that's why it changed my perspective a little bit. But I, I liked it, man. I thought it was good. And uh, so this is going to wrap up our Halloween episode. I'll let Jay Nelly sign us off. I don't think we could have done anything better, right? We had everything tied in together. Halloween monsters, fantasy fiction, like a, a hero overcoming the odds with some help from some uh, people that you wouldn't expect to be helpful. And at the end of the day, 
they got the job done. And so I think this is a great Halloween movie to do it. And like Jay said, we're going to kind of close out here with that. So with that being said, guys, thank you for all the support that you've given us. Uh, you can always follow us on any of our social media sites. We have a fan page on Facebook, which is Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. Follow us on our original Instagram post, or like our Instagram uh, log, which is at official ridiculous Patronus. We also have at ridiculous Patronus on TikTok. Chase has done some amazing work on there, getting some views up. He had almost 50,000 views on a Patronus. Uh, TikTok that he just put up very, very recently within the last week. So if you guys haven't checked that out, check that out. Figure out what your Patronus is. Ask any questions that you want. He's been fantastic about uh, putting back some accurate responses to people who've been asking those questions. So that's there. We have a Twitter account at RP Factor Fantasy. Same thing with Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. Uh, I also added my own additional Instagrams for specifically what we cover, like nothing outside of Factor Fantasy material. And we talked about that earlier in the episode. Instagram is at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. And Instagram, same thing on TikTok, fact at fact underscore or underscore fantasy there as well. In addition to that, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, we are there. You can find us. We actually have our own website as well where you can stream directly from there our episodes that we put out weekly. So really super excited to be back for season two. We're really happy to bring this Halloween episode to you. Uh, on top of that, I want to make one more uh, kind of like a shout out to our guys over at Podbean. They are the ones that we host our, our show through and we have been on their featured list since October of last year. We have been Insane. one full year on Podbean's feature list. So shout out to the guys over at Podbean. Thank you for leaving in the show. Thank you for all that you've done for us. It's been uh, instrumental into getting us to where we want to be and where we are today. But outside of that, guys, this is it for our Halloween special episode. We just gave you Van Helsing with Chase and Josh here at Factor Fantasy. So with that being said, you know this has been another ridiculous production chase and josh factor fantasy signing Signing off. off